The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. You know it's perfect. Is getting caught with your hand in the cookie jar. Getting caught picking your nose in the car by a hot chick on the side of the road. Or when your parents walk in on you as a teenager doing that thing. Ugh. That's what happened to the C3 Panthers podcast as somehow they've changed the settings on Streamlabs OBS. And when I hit go live, there's usually a second go live thing that I got to do. And I do that right before the show. And we've been sitting here talking, Cody, about tattoos, arguing over Luke Keekly, and prepping for the <laughs> show. And people have been watching us. They're voyeurs, dude. Thank God I didn't tell you what kind of porn I'm into. Yes. Yeah, man. Uh, but hey, we're here now. And uh, we still have the best fans on YouTube in our chat actually ready to do the show. Josh from Mass, Richard's Outdoor World, Jake DeLong, to everyone else that's been here for a while. We thank you. We appreciate you. Got a ton to talk about. Tony done. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. All right. Tonight's show is um, the the hangover in, from New Orleans is very real. Something like that. I don't even know. I'm all flustered here. CK, how you doing, man? We've been uh, talking and talking here, and people have been watching us and watching us, man. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Uh, I got the notification at 8.15. I was like, maybe that's just the countdown. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm glad I was not joining earlier, earlier than I did because I may have uh, also slipped up. But uh, I'll tell you what, I had withdrawals from the C3 Panthers podcast, and I'm telling you, Looking forward to getting it done tonight, guys. Richard, yes. Richard's Outdoor World says, hey, some of us got to see how y'all prepared. And I kept commenting, you were live, you were live, you were live. And we kept not paying attention. Greg, <clears throat> the Bat Daddy, back in the house, in his new house, right? Yes, sir. Congratulations. Yeah. New house. Thanks, man. New house, new puppy, like all the good stuff. Oh, somebody to ruin <laughs> that brand new house right away. I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Hey, you know what? I served my suspension. 
I'm back. I'm ready to talk some football. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we closed up one internal C3 investigation. Uh, some people filed some complaints against uh, the Bat Daddy. We opened up an internal investigation. We found him free of all the charges. But he took a self-imposed uh, timeout. And now, CK, I think we got to open another damn investigation. Oh, yeah. We need to get those hearings going. We need to be selling the tickets to those hearings so that we can uh, ensure we're given a thorough investigation. And it's got to be fair. we got to make sure it's fair. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I have got to admit that I'm going to be the focal point of that investigation. All right. <laughs> Guys, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Smash the thumbs up button. Thanks for hanging out with us through all the mess. And you got to see behind the curtain. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm pretty embarrassed. But uh, guess what? It's not the first time I've been embarrassed. And uh, it's not the first time the Panthers have been embarrassed. Uh, and it probably won't be the last time you or the Panthers will be embarrassed. Uh, by the end of the night. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so guys, uh, the Panthers uh, fall in their third straight, correct? Yes. Yes, right. that is the unfortunate truth. So Green Bay, then uh, who'd we go see again? Atlanta, and Atlanta. then now the Saints. You know, it started out as it, it looked like it was going to be a long and ugly game, guys. The Panthers did make a game out of it. Uh, a lot of still uh, mental mistakes and errors on the, for this team. But let me just go ahead and turn the mic over to Cody. What are your initial, just a, a week removed now, we we didn't get our post-game show in, now we have a couple of days after the game, where are you, where do you stand after this Saints game? Well, I mean, listen, uh, you know, there were things to, uh, to like about the football game, I do think that Kyle Allen did have something of a bounce-back performance, uh, he definitely did better than uh, he did against Atlanta and against San Francisco and uh even the first half of the Green Bay game. Um, but overall, a lot of the things that we've been saying for a long time are still a problem. Um, there isn't a lot of due diligence on our defense. Um, you know, I know you and I were talking before the show, which was apparently in the show, about Luke Kuechly and his rumored degradation and you know how much of an impact uh, you know maybe injuries have had on his performance that you want to be playing for a Ron Rivera defense, but um, I don't know. It just seems like I can't really think of anything else other than Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore are incredible, and they're making plays at a time when seemingly no one else is. Um, We have a head coach that refuses to play our best young players, and Brian Burns seeing 22 snaps out of 67 possible. Um, And other than that, our defense, our backfield got – roasted too many times and um it's a problem all the way up and down uh ck where are you at after this game he might be muted greg where i'm in a grocery uh, store oh okay hey come back to us when you're free greg what do you got after this game where are you at now we haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks how have uh, how have you changed or what are your thoughts on this team after losing to another division foe well, at the end of the day, whenever I looked at the game, I, I I can't help but feel like this season's lost. Like, I felt like before this game we had hope. But I think in order to win the division, we're not going to get a wild card because there's too many good teams in the NFC. But to win the division, I think the Saints have to lose three of their next four, and we have to win three of our next four, including one against the Saints. 
So, or we have to win out, excuse me. Um, so I don't think that the playoffs is in the picture anymore. So it, it actually kind of puts you at ease because now I'm not going to be disappointed in a few weeks. I'm not going to go a few more weeks without, you know, hoping this is going to happen. Um, it sucks thinking about the fact that we have lost four games now this season on the last play of the game uh, that we could have easily won. We really only got beaten two games. We could have won every game we've lost. Um, yeah, but when we've gotten beaten, we have gotten curb stomped. Right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But it's just it's just feels disappointing, man, because I came into the season with so much hope and, and, and excitement. And it seems like after this game, it all seemed to just fade away for me. Like I, I just don't see a future or a good year in the, in, in the future for us. And you, know? and you have to think, even if the Panthers are trying to sniff the sixth spot and the wild card, you have to think of all the other teams that are kind of meddling around in the same kind of purgatory that we're in. We're talking about the Bears, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have a really favorable schedule going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of good teams um, on our schedule that we have to play that they don't. Uh, mm-hmm. We have to play against the Seahawks. We have to play against the Saints. Um, I don't know, man. It's looking like um, someone put in the chat, Brad Dugan, uh, we're going to finish at 6-10 and 10 this season. And that appears to be um, the the sad reality of it, man. And it's that same old tried-and-true Carolina Panther mediocrity that has to be done away with, man. Yeah, yeah I, I think it, it it's going to take a systematic overhaul everything from our general manager to our coaches. It's going to have to start from, from top to bottom. Yeah. All David Tepper moves. I am surprised you it took you to this week, Greg, to feel that way. I felt that way after going to that Atlanta Falcons game. And I was slightly worried that winning on the road in new Orleans, which we should, I feel guilty that I'm not upset that we lost. Well, hold on. Before you get to that, the Atlanta game, I want you all to know my daughters had a cheer competition that weekend in Virginia Beach, so I didn't get to see the game and I wasn't able to be on the show. I looked at the score one time and saw I think it was twenty eight nothing. Never looked at it again. Never heard and listened to any Panthers podcast. I just decided <laughs> to let that week just be gone. You burned the tape. I don't have to deal with that week. Who could blame you, man? Yeah, who you could blame you. You on burned that the one? tape. I I no. think that um, this is the Saints game for me. As I went back and watched it, I was in Nashville at the time. I watched the first half, then kind of had to watch the third quarter on my phone. And then I waited. When I, once I saw how that was going, I decided I'm just going to wait to get home and watch it when I get home on NFL Game Pass. So finally got to all of that. And I would just say this game is maddening to me. Yeah. And I, I would say this is more of the Saints playing bad than us playing good. Uh, and and what I think about this is that our our secondary got torched. Eric Reed had a terrible game. Our defense continues to give up big yards on the ground all the time to anybody. It don't matter if they're big, small, good, or bad. Um, and I'm just maddened by the fact that our defense is not better. Right. And I I just expect that our, our team. Where, and this is this would be my question to Ron Rivera. I actually came after the the people in the post game press conference, the Charlotte media, uh, and I was not talking about you, Charlotte Vibe, because he responded to me immediately saying, "What do you want me to ask?" But I said that the Charlotte media is like a bunch of puppy dogs at Ron Rivera's knee, hoping they scratch behind his ear, behind their ear, like. 
Why don't we just ask this question to him? Ron Rivera, you have taken over the play calling at defense last year. We have made this shift to a new scheme. It's clear that scheme exists. And our defense is not good this year. Why? Why is it not good? And how is it going to get better? And where does that fall on you and the players? Because I, it's both. It's both. I mean, and we've had this argument over and over. But we were talking about in the in the candid behind the scenes C three show before we went live when we were already live, and I brought this up and I want to know where what is what's up with Luke Keekley and Cody automatically got defensive and protected his little mama. Oh, I'm defensive. I think I have a good theory. You did what I do with Cam, right? And um, that is that he can't, it can't, there can't be anything wrong with him. It's got to be other things. But Luke Keekley, there's two things that have troubled me about the season so far. Is one, he's been making mistakes, right? And that is, and, and they've not been all, it's not only been him, but you know, he's had trouble in this 3 4 in the run game. And maybe that's on the defensive tackles, letting guys get, guards get to the second level. That very well could be it. But I just have not felt like Luke Keekley has been our defensive coordinator on the field as much as he felt like in years past. I don't think it's necessarily him taking a step back. I'm just wondering what is going on. Why is he not playing better? And then really is what's on my mind is why is he not more vocal in the locker room and the post games. And I understand that he has a sort of introvert personality and that's not him, but this is his defense. It's his defense. I feel like, I mean, I feel like he's our best defensive player. He's been our best defensive player, arguably in team history. I just need Luke Keekley to whisper sweet things in my ear about how it's going to be okay. And I have not heard that. Yeah. I actually had a friend the other day uh, who's a Pittsburgh fan, and he was telling me, uh, I came into work, and he asked me after the game on Sunday, he said, hey, man, I don't watch as much of the Panthers. I watch the games, but I don't keep up with as much. He's like, one thing I noticed is I don't see Luke Keekley anymore. He was like, I used to watch Panthers games and see Luke Keekley every single play on defense, and now I never see him. And he asked me the reason why, which is kind of what we're talking about right here. And I, I think part of it goes back to what we were talking about before, no TD. Uh, the change to the three four. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of things that could factor into it, but I mean, do you think maybe? And and I'm not meaning anything by this. Like I'm just looking at things from all points of views. He's like a John Beeson type deal where he was good for a few, like good for a solid three four years, and then he just fell off. Because because he hasn't fallen off. So, like I can't say that because he hasn't fallen off. He's not no terrible. because it's yeah. been eight years. He's been the okay. most dominant defensive player in the league. Uh, or at least the best, I would say the best linebacker in the over the last eight years in the league. For me, it is, it is, it's just this. It's not that of me criticizing him playing bad, but it is kind of this like we're used to see like Luke Keekley being like just popping out on the screen. Yeah. And it hasn't been as much of that, but really, I'm just kind of wondering why he's not popping out as kind of a leader of the defense vocally. And I think he has the the personality to at least in the post games to say we're going to get this corrected. We got this, but this and that. And I just haven't seen it. Well, you know, I, I do think that there is a lot of credence to what Greg was saying, and I think that that missing of Thomas Davis 
uh, is actually a bigger point than maybe we made it out before because we know that Luke is a studier. And, I mean, that man studies film. That man knows what what plays to audible to, what the quarterback wants to do before the quarterback even knows. So, you know, uh, and Luke still does that for us. But I kind of feel, and looking back on it now, that Thomas Davis provided the other end of the spectrum, that oomph, that, that ability to cause the players to – to want to fight and light a fire on their ass and make them go out there and play dominant Panthers football. Um, but what I did say before we went live is that I kind of feel that whenever the Panthers play bad, that's when we notice Luke Kickley the most. Like, we can all say that James Bradbury played terrible, because he did. Um, you know, we can all say that Shaq Thompson has not been playing to – uh, the level that we saw even earlier this year. And this is not me making excuses for Luke. Uh, I'm just saying that right now, our entire defense, they, they're confused. Um, they look outmatched. They don't look composed. Um, there isn't a lot of, I don't know, there's something missing with this defense. And yes, Luke is not playing on the normal level. But I don't know if I'm ready to jump on the, of all, you know, it's all the concussions finally catching up to him, or it's, uh, you know, he's tired of playing for Ron or, or this or that. I just don't know. Luke is not playing well, but neither is anyone. Is there anyone on our defense right now that you could say is balling out and, 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 and making plays and is the shining star on an otherwise bad defense? Uh, Darius Jones says, y'all looking into Luke too hard. We moved to a 3-4 and don't have the pieces to make it work. And I think there is something to that, especially by losing Don Terry Poe in that game, is that we really haven't – we might not even be big enough on the defensive line to be a 3-4, right? Like we could use like two – you know, Gerald McCoy is kind of – I don't know, kind of a leaner, not a leaner, but he's not the the largest defensive tackle in the league. I mean, there's, I think there's an argument there, and I, I want to be, I want to caution people. This is not me because this will be, I'll be getting tweets all day tomorrow. I'm not saying even Luke Keekley is playing bad, right? Um, he's first of all is this is he's always been perfect, near perfect, and this year we've seen him not be perfect right a couple of times but all right so he's mortal fine uh i don't even know if it's a regression i just am really more um a little weirded out by why he why we just haven't heard a lot from him this year when it comes to what's going on with the defense how we're going to get better i thought that'd be like ron rivera would want him to be on the mic because he trusts him to be on the mic and different things but you're right nobody's played well and i do want to point this out Wow, Eric Reed has more tackles now than Luke Keekley. Eric um, Reed was well, dang bad in this game. He was. Before we move on to Eric, I, I do want to um, – uh, Zoso in our, in our chat room says, could use K1. And I do kind of think that maybe we passed over how important that was going to end up being. Because I think when you look at our setup, having Dontari Poe in the middle – and and K1 short and Gerald McCoy on either side of him at yeah. the five tech at the, at that five technique defensive end position that was a big part of our defense going into the year and but I, I think, and, go ahead I think 
I was going to say, I think when we look at it from that perspective, though, I think we didn't realize how much of a loss it was going to be because we felt like our defensive line was so stacked to begin with. It yeah. didn't feel like it was going to be a big loss because, oh, we have the pieces to make sure that that's not going to really impact us as much. Right. But what we find is maybe KK was a bigger part to what we did as a defense and what our plans were as this defense than anybody could have realized. And now we've lost a pretty – uh, a pretty vocal leader in that locker room in KK. So I, I think there is the possibility that that may be an accurate statement to bring that up. I was thinking about it earlier because KK, for whatever reason, decided to come alive on Twitter on Sunday while we were playing the Saints, thanking everybody for wishing him, you know, well, and everybody kept on tweeting him. So I started to realize maybe KK's a, a bigger piece to this whole uh, defensive downfall than we realized he's always been a favorite player of mine kk and you know you saw him kind of get dinged up in the past couple years or at least get caught up in double teams you know when we and and he wasn't as dominant as he was in say 2015 2014 2013 but you know we had kept saying it's because there's so much attention to him and you're right is that we have you know we've forgotten uh, potentially how important he was for our, this actual group of guys in the three, four to p- really work throughout the year, because, you know, I mean, love, I mean, we haven't heard anything about love this year or some things like that. Uh, I feel like it's been a couple of weeks since I've even heard his name called. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I don't even think that is that we haven't heard their names. It's just that they don't command the type of presence and they're not the kind of player that can want short is. Uh, I mean, Vernon Butler, played well for a little while, and we, we noticed him. We started saying his name for the first time ever in his career. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, and I, I said this too in our little pregame uh, uh, private session, that, you know, the, the defensive tackles are so important to linebacker play. I mean, those two positions, linebacker and defensive tackle, they really do work in tandem. I mean, everything starts there. So – um, yeah, I think that you're we're kind of uncovering all the pieces and, and and answering the questions at the same time. Well, yeah, Luke Kickley is playing bad because our defensive tackles are missing a very important piece. And when you top it all off, when uh, Ron Rivera and I, I'm, this is a whole other topic in and of itself, um, not playing Brian Burns um, on most of the snaps on third and twelve right. when you drafted him to play to get in there and rush the passer on third and long. You don't want to have Brian Burns on the field. I mean, what are we doing? Is there any defense for this? There's absolutely no defense for this, and it drives me up a wall. I mean, it doesn't matter. How many players are we going to say the same thing about? Christian Miller, it was Curtis Samuel last year, um, our tight end, who I, I mess up the name of. Um, Ian Thomas. I mean, which, by player, the way, player. I think they are listening to the C three Panthers podcast. Did you see Ian Thomas getting a lot of work in this game? Yeah, oh, I did see time, it, yeah. man. I did see it, but it's it's so embarrassing, man. And then yet Brian Burns still managed to have a sack. Mm-hmm. He's still on on plays where they put him on the field. My man is still making plays. It's just improper use of personnel, and there's no excuse for it, man. That's a hundred percent on Ron Rivera. Play yeah, their players. You know it's going to be a big test this week because Ron Rivera has now admitted that he believes Ron, Brian Burns is back to being a hundred percent. 
So we're going to find out what, whether Rivera actually believes in his ability as a pass rusher. Did you see uh-huh. when, though, he made that – when he announced that? Right now, if uh, you're watching on YouTube, you can see a tweet from Max Henson of AvUp, and it, and it was after this. It was after this tweet that he then followed up that Ron Rivera now thinks he's 100%. Burns said, quote, Burns said he had a minor procedure to have pins removed from his hand today, said he's over the injury and has been feeling like himself for a few weeks now. And um, now I did hear Ron in the post game say that now they were interested in getting him up to 25, 30 snaps. I was in, I wanted to go and find out what some of the other comparable players to Brian Burns, like uh, who's the cat from Clemson that Farrell. Um, that compared to him? Yeah. Like uh, the more highly rated. The rookie, like the rookies coming in this year and seeing how much yeah. time they're getting in their systems. Cleveland Farrell, Montez Sweat um, is another one. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man. And then, um, you know, Jeff, shout out to Chef Jeff in our, in our chats. There's no defense for not having Burns on the field for passing downs, but his run-stopping ability is trash, honestly. And, you know, I, I would say that, that there is truth to that, of course, but when you have a young player, man, you have to let them iron that shit out on the fly. We're if letting all the other team, ones iron it out. My yeah, issue is sure. if you if you believe Brian Burns wasn't ready, why was he acting as a gunner on special teams? Yes, true. And why are you risking his health on special teams when he's much more useful on your defensive line? Well, he's yeah. never played special teams. He's never played that position. So there's no reason for you to believe he's going to be a star in that in, in that in that instance. Yeah. Now I, I know we had some special teams issues before. You know, obviously against Atlanta where we let the touchdown happen, but. I mean, even, you know, you look at all that stuff. I mean, there is just no indication that Brian Burns should have been on the on the field. It almost makes you think that they don't value him for what he's actually been drafted for. Because what happens to people they don't value? They go to special teams. Well, I think Ron Rivera is also the kind of coach that he wants to make sure that these players cut their teeth and that, you know, they, you know Rivera, they have to earn their spot, and that's why he misses out on so many different players out there like it takes an injury for a player to get promoted or realize we have somebody great on the roster sometimes so. i feel like he's earned his spot though like he has been productive oh, yeah. you know i mean yeah. like he has no, been wrong. productive and and so it is it is strange now do you think and i said this in the pregame show that we didn't know was live is that do you think that brian burns coming out and saying this indicates that He's kind of bucking up to Ron a little bit. For him to say he's feeling fine for a few weeks now seemingly contradicts what Ron has said, where he can't pull and grab and do these things. And my conspiracy theory is is that Brian Burns may, may have it may be letting it slip that the hot seat talk for Ron Rivera is actually mm-hmm. in the locker room. Well, I actually wanted to bring this up while we were talking about the defense because there's there's two possibilities that I have no evidence of, but I'm just trying to open up possibilities in my mind of what could be wrong with the defense. Uh, one would be maybe Ron's lost the, the the room. Like maybe he's lost respect from a lot of the players and they're just not yeah. playing hard for him, which would go back to what Cody's saying about needing new coaching because if you can't motivate your players, you, you, something's wrong. Uh, but also, do you think maybe there's some dissension in the locker room? Like maybe there's factions. Maybe the team doesn't get along. Like I'm not 
specific, like just say, for instance, the defensive line doesn't get along with some yeah. of the cornerbacks or vice versa. I mean, I have no no indication of any of this, but do you think that's a possibility? Well, I mean, it's certainly well? possible. I mean, yeah. if you watched uh, All or Nothing last year, if you were the veterans who were pulling the side, Dante Jackson, who was granted a rookie at the time, but they were trying to talk him down and get him to do some some things better. Um, but I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with your first point. I mean, yeah. this is Ron Rivera's ninth year coaching the Carolina Panthers. And maybe the new guys, you know, maybe they have no connection with them, but maybe the older veterans on our team have just kind of, they've just kind of tuned them out. They know the song and dance. They know what Ron Rivera is going to say at the end of the year when he's trying to, you know, whip this football team into shape. And it's just, it doesn't work the same way anymore. Um, and, yeah, it does go back to to what I said about Ron Rivera, man. I mean, even if he managed to somehow save this season, I don't know, man. It, it, we need to reinvigorate this locker room with something different. It's it, it's time to move on, man. I, I, don't, I don't know what could happen to finish out this year that would cause me to want Ron Rivera to stay as our head coach. Yeah, I mean, I'm start. I've I've moved. I mean, it's harder and harder to not feel like that. Particularly, I mean, I felt like that two weeks ago. That it just is every is another nail in the coffin. Look, uh, CK and I are going to be going to the game this Sunday. We're playing. We're hosting this week. We got uh, Seattle, right? CK, he's not here. Is that okay? Um, I'm pretty sure it's Washington. It's Washington this week. I mean, bring up the schedule. Dang it. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't want, I mean, is that you could get, Yeah, it is the Redskins. All right. So dang it. I was hoping for the Seahawks. Look, you can join us at the game. And if you want to come to the game and hang out and see the Panthers go against the really, really bad Washington Redskins, so bad that their quarterback forgets that he's the quarterback and is taking pictures on the sidelines with fans over there. You need to go to Vivid Seats. Uh, you can download the app Vivid Seats or VividSeats.com, and you can um, you can get a, a a ticket you want for a price you like. Right? Join us there at the game. Vivid Seats has a rewards pro- program where they reward you for the more tickets you bought. You know, when I was in Nashville, I pulled it up, and I could have, and I was about to. I was trying to talk the wife into getting going to a Predators game. The Predators playing the Vancouver Canucks and tickets were as low as 25 bucks there. So, um, hey, the Redskins don't garner and command the most attention when it comes to the secondhand ticket market. So if you want a cheap ticket, go to Vivid Seats, hang out with us and watch this game, and be sure to use the promo code OVERTIME at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. That's Vivid Seats app, promo code OVERTIME. All right, uh, let's see. Other news real quick. Um, did you guys see this? Is uh, Galden got released. And, yeah, uh, I did. Yeah. Um, so we have now let go of another. Um, basically, the third round is a bad round for the Panthers since, like, Trey Turner. I'm trying to think of the last third-round pick that we had good that, went, that turned out well. But uh, Rashawn Galden... To tell you the truth, has been pretty much a headache for the team, and um, and at least he hasn't played. He hasn't even been good enough to be a headache. You know, he started to show some, show some flashes in the preseason that he might be uh, able to contribute to this team, but he's been rele- relegated to a complete 
uh, special teams role, as well as the Panthers made it clear that they needed help there by going and getting Trey Boston and making sure Eric Reed's the guy out there. He uh, he then goes and smashes into DJ Moore while he's fielding a punt, starts a ruckus or a fruckus with some people, gets a personal, or maybe he didn't even get a penalty. I don't know how he got eject, he didn't get ejected in that game. But the Panthers ejected him the following day. Rashawn Galden, no longer Carolina Panther. Is there anything to talk about here, Cody? Uh, I mean, no. Listen, this kind of feels like Benet Ben Curry when, when Atlanta torched us. Um, they just need a scapegoat. And, yeah, he didn't play well. But if you look at it, it's kind of another microcosm for Ron Rivera, just our, our team playing um, just undiligent football. And, and you know, um, just out playing out of sorts. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. This is um, it's one of those things where I never liked the pit to begin with, but I always hoped that he could turn into something for us. Uh, I remember in the preseason, uh, we gave him some shots at nickel. Ultimately, we wanted him to be our long-term nickel corner. Uh, apparently, he bought into what the Panthers were doing this season. And, yeah, it's just another wasted third-round pick. Oh, and by the way, don't let that fool you from the fact that last year's third-round pick can't win the backup job in Carolina. I'm just saying I'll throw that out there. Um, but I don't know, man. It just seems like um, um, another move where Ron Rivera and Herney are trying to say, see, we, we care that we're losing. We cut a player that did an oopsie. So I don't know. All right, while you guys are checking out the show, go ahead and smash the thumbs up button. Over 50 people watching the show. We appreciate it. You can call into the show, 252-228-5098. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. Leave us a review. Help the podcast grow one fan at a time. Send the link to one person, uh, and that could that really helps us grow. We've grown tremendously over the last year. Seven years running on the podcast right now, which is fantastic. I don't think you run into many podcasts that go each and every week for seven years. And you and if you really enjoy that and want to support that, you can donate to the show using the super chat is the easiest way or or PayPal is in the link, I believe we got that. Or you can buy a t-shirt on the website or whatever. Also, I'm gonna be announcing the uh, finalists for the C three fantasy football bracket to tomorrow once I figure it all out tonight. We'll get that all set up. I know a lot of people are excited to see who's gonna win that Brian Burns jersey and that three hundred bucks. Guys, I think what we should do now, though, is because I got a couple other topics that I want to talk about, but I think we're going to weave them in. We still got to talk about Sly on the hot seat. We got to talk about Cam's Thanksgiving. Actually, let's talk about that before we go to the cat calls. Cam Newton, with his Thanksgiving charity, has a big feed the people type, feed the like families and kids Thanksgiving turkey bash. And, um, you know, we haven't heard from cam newton we haven't seen him around and you know everybody's wondering why that is people have wondered now after the david tepper interview with the local reporters that that he said in a perfect world cam newton would be there for a long time but he's got to do what's best for him and uh and we'll just see you know when we get more information a lot of people read that as things going colder and colder when it comes to uh tepper and or or the panthers and Cam Newton, but guys, David Tepper shows up at the Thanksgiving Bash, and I think that's a big public statement there. You certainly—I didn't see Ron Rivera there, that's for sure. 
You guys want to uh, jump on this one first? I, you yeah, know, I'll, I'll be more than happy to hop in on this. Um, can I, I? I don't know why, but I had the most encouraging feeling just watching the, the highlights on that, just watching his conference, the things he was saying. Um, at first, I was a little uh, removed because I wasn't seeing him really address Panthers, right? He wasn't really saying keep pounding. And even if you look back on his Twitter, um, he doesn't he doesn't have any of his tweets that have anything to do with the Panthers all the way dating back until July. Like now Instagram may be a little different, but at least Twitter, he doesn't, it's all about his, you know, Cam Newton foundation and stuff. Um, but nothing says keep pounding, nothing. So I kind of got discouraged there, but, uh, you know, seeing how he addressed the community of Charlotte saying, you know, I really, really missed you guys. You know, it's it, it, that offered me some encouragement, but and the fact that David Tepper showed up was always very encouraging. But they had a very awkward interaction. I don't know if you guys watched that video, but them talking about their families and what they're going to be doing for Thanksgiving—that was just that looked so forced. Really, I thought it was all I right. Thought, I thought you know he was like, "You're going to Atlanta, yeah, going to Atlanta, cool, have a good day." type of thing that's how i felt like that conversation. i felt like that conversation it was like a 17 second video that felt like it was just uh hey we're just gonna do this to kind of say that i showed up for your thing this is what cam newton said at the thanksgiving jam he was referring to his absence his removal right it's like he is and maybe this is cam removing himself to a certain degree we've all wondered why you know why he wasn't with team people or I've been peppering us with those questions. He said, I was in a place where I wasn't used to being. Being in a position I am, being away from the game and missing the support in on-field interactions with fans, when you finally do come out to a show like this and it's the first time in about eight or nine weeks, that's what you miss the most. Just interacting with the fans, that's part of uh, that which you miss the most going through the re- rehabilitation process. At the same time, you know you're affecting lives and doing it for a great cause. He says, uh, then he went on to say he re- he really glowed about how much uh, he liked Charlotte. I thought that was, and that he expected to be there in uh, for uh, some time. So, I mean, now, that's, I that's heartening. There, I will throw out there that even Steve Smith, the players who have left the, the Panthers have still done things in Charlotte. So that in and of itself is not uh, a referendum on whether or not he's – Staying or leaving, but he didn't have uh, to say I, that though. Right. No, I mean he, he didn't have to say it. I think ultimately I don't come away feeling any different um, after seeing and hearing uh, any of this. Uh, I think it means that Cam Newton is a great dude, and this is something that he loves to do and has done for a long time here in Carolina. Now um, he he enjoys giving back to people less fortunate. And I think that, you know, kind of what CK said, you know, you know, David Tepper wants to ingratiate himself further with the Carolina Panther fans. This is a big event every year. So, yeah, it does behoove uh, David Tepper to be there. Uh, At the same time, I don't necessarily, you know, if if I put out hope for something, um, I hope that David Tepper sees how much Cam Newton does mean to so many of these fans. Uh, I mean, if you look at the amount of fans that leave the stadium during the football game, 
to just the amount of enthusiasm there is around the team right now. Cam Newton means so much to this football team. And um, I, I genuinely hope that he wants Cam Newton, that he wants to be in the Cam Newton business for a long time to come. Um, I think he should, but time will tell. Well, for me, I honestly don't know a whole lot about this. I've been under a rock for the last week, just moving and unpacking and packing and all kinds of stuff. And I actually just got cable today, so I haven't watched any television. I really haven't been on Twitter at all. But just based on what you guys are saying, I kind of have the same sentiment as Cody's kind of giving here is it doesn't really move the needle for me, uh, which is not a good thing, but it's not a bad thing either because it didn't doesn't this just from what I've heard from y'all, it doesn't sound like anything's gotten worse. And yeah, while it does save face for Tepper to be there, they don't have to do that kind of stuff. And like you said, Cam Newton doesn't have to say that stuff. So, I mean, it, it's more positive from what I'm hearing from y'all than anything negative coming out of it. Or it doesn't make it seem any more negative to me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't positive. feel like all of a sudden that it's a ringing endorsement. But him not right. being there, uh, he didn't, you know, I mean, is that there have been distance between the organization and him. And so seeing Tepper after this week's comments just in the same frame as him is encouraging to me. Right. Um, all right, guys, let's get into the cat calls. We got a ton. I know there's a ton of calls. 252-228-5098. First couple of calls are pre, uh, pre-Saints pre game, but I'm going to give them so their time. what are your time. thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels two, good. Like Yo, 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 it's your boy Young Steph, man, straight out of L.A., man, all the way in Cali, man, been a fancy fan for a long, long, long time. What's man. good, brother? Timbiaka Patoka, yeah. feel me? Anyway, I got his jersey. Uh, I want to talk to you guys, you know what I'm saying, about what's going on, you know, uh, with the, everything that's going on with the Panthers, man. And uh, I got some serious issues, but for one, let's start with, uh, let's just start with the greatness of, of our, our Panther, our Panther Nation, man. Actually, you know, let's start with 2015. Uh, I've been wanting Ron Verick on since then. And uh, wow. my thing is, is that uh, I've been wanting him gone ever since they had a meeting. Now, I don't know if you guys know about this, but they had, you know, he brought in all the captains after the Super Bowl. And I guess, I guess they had a dinner or something like that. And, uh, you know, he was saying, you know, uh, that everything was off. Everything was on schedule during the Super Bowl. And, you know, he was strict on the guys. But what, what, I, what I got from that was, you know, during that whole season, he was talking about us not losing our identity, us, you know, being who we are, you know, all that other crap, right? But you come out strict in the Super Bowl and we came out flat and we lost. So, you know, ever since then, I've been wanting him gone, man. But, you know, we can talk about we can talk about that, you know, how we want to, but he's still here. But as you can see, it's been medi- mediocrity, man. You know what I'm saying? Just like our owner just said mediocrity we you know we you know it's just it, it just is what it is man and you know every you know a lot of people are talking about even with the cam newton situation we all know we need cam newton uh you know a lot a lot of a lot of the callers are not really talking about 
you know, all the games and everything. But at the end of the day, we really need – we need a Cam Newton against the 49ers. We need a Cam Newton against all these teams, man, because a healthy Cam Newton, no one can stop us. But in general, I have to – I have to, you know, really get at the Panthers organization. And on me, because, on, like, seeing it for what it is, we have to really get at them because – you haven't gave this man any offensive line help at all throughout his years. At all. And you haven't given him any wide receivers at all. Uh, I know DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are cool, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Kevin Bisman was a bust. Yeah, it's recent. You know what I'm saying? Even old, old Steve Smith, he was good, whatever, but he was old at the time when, when Cam came. So you haven't put anything around him at all to boost him up as the quarterback. And for the simple fact, another thing is what I, what I, you know, I was mad about, you know, from this organization. Oh, no, he got cut off here. Here's the back end of his call. Yeah, it's it's, it's my second voicemail, fellas. Uh, yeah, it's boy Steph again, straight out of L.A., man. But uh, what's yeah, up, Steph? Uh, you know, he, you know, our organization has not put the talent around Cam Newton. And he, it seems like he's getting the fault for it, and I, I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Um, even even when when he got drafted, I didn't like the offensive coordinator. I needed a guy to come. We needed a guy to come in and change, not say change Cam Newton, but to get him right. You know what I'm saying? Have look, look, look let's let's just say he would have had Bruce Arians or you know or Jim Caldwell or you know what I'm saying? Like 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 actual quarterback gurus that know how to play the game, you know what I'm saying, and know how to call the games and everything else. If he would have had North Turner, even in his early career, you know what I'm saying, you wouldn't really see the inaccuracy issues and all this other stuff, man, that I, that I think he would have worked, worked well on, you know what I'm saying. But we have always been in this organization of run, run first and defense, you know, second organization. And, you know, I don't, I don't like that, you know what I'm saying. We, we didn't really help Cam Newton out to his full potential and you know and it is what it is man and uh you know i want to talk about that too as well but you know as far as this season goes man cmc is the man and i really really actually think he should be the mvp um and uh our offensive line man horrible you know uh once again man you you can put any quarterback back there it is what it is if if if, if, that, if the offensive line is not good then we're just not good. <laughs> That's just what it is. You, you, we're scrambling in multiple people to try to, to, to try to fit our left tackle spot, or right tackle spot, guard spot, whatever, even our center spot. You know what I'm saying? And and he, even the center spot was shocked the hell out of me because you know we got this guy Matt Prates, you know what I'm saying? And you know we got him on the, on, on a couple year deal, whatever. And he just got pushed back like what? Like it by what? And it was just like okay, we spent that mo- that money on him for no reason. So yeah, man, we, we just gotta change we just gotta change our narrative, man, on, on, on how we need to, you know, make it happen. But, you know, David Tepper, man, I'm just saying if you got if you can hear it, man, please do not get rid of Cam Newton. If you get rid of Cam Newton, there's gonna be some issues for our for our whole organization. I'm saying that. But yeah, like I said, man, you know, straight out of LA, man, you know where where it's where it's all good over here on the west side, man. So uh Shout out Cali. I'm I'm gonna subscribe to every uh, to, to you guys stuff, man. And uh, you already know what what the last thing I'm gonna say is, keep 
Count. Well done. Nice call. Uh, I would point out, though, that uh, Cam did have 60% completion his first season with Chudzinski. Um Things, you know, it was when we saw Chud leave is that we also saw that the Shula offense took – it was a little bit harder on Cam. Not on Cam, but was less forgiving, less tailored to him. But I do – I'd like to address this, and then I'll turn the mic over to you guys, about the lack of putting talent around Cam – in some ways, I agree with that. You know, is that you didn't have any offensive guys, but Cam was such a star. You he could make he could you know polish a turd essentially by himself. For me, the problem though with the lack of talent has been like we're always two steps behind what we need. So, like, I mean, we just started doing this. We, you know, you go out and get Christian McCaffrey, then you try to get some receivers that are a different way. But then, look, this offensive line. I think that's the story right there. The fact that our offensive line has been bad for nine years. Ever since Jordan Gross left, the last time the offensive line was good was 2013. They were okay in 2015 where Remmers and Orr stayed healthy on the field all the all year. But they got – they were in, on skates in that Super Bowl. That was the best when it came to our offensive line that are two years. And so I think we are – Look, you see it. It's like we are waiting too long to do what a lot of people can see blatantly as needing to be addressed. Two years behind. So I kind of think that one of the most detrimental things uh, to Cam Newton's career has been the inconsistency from our general managers. Going from Marty Herney, overpaying for running backs, giving these huge contracts, then going to Dave Gettleman, who really, you know, he was very up and down. Most Panther fans hate him um, at this point. Uh, he had a lot of fans at the time. I was one of them. But, I mean, there's a lack of a cohesive vision to put premium talent on the offensive line and at the receiver position. Uh, they decided to draft big, slow, wide receivers like Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches and expected this offense to be able to run and to be able to go. I mean, Ted Ginn Jr., and it's so crazy to say this now, but what a godsend that was for our offense because we had to have that deep ball. Imagine 2015 if we did not have that deep connection with Ted Ginn. I mean, our offense would have – it would look like it does now and and how it did in 2017, just – anemic uh they, they did uh, cam newton no favors and now when it started to happen now you're dealing with the injury concerns um and it's yeah it's it's annoying man i mean we've been saying it for a long time that cam newton has been under service and uh we're seeing what happens to a quarterback when you don't put talent around them um, when they're going into their 10th year um, yeah, I wanted to hop in for just a second. Uh, one of the things, obviously, you touched base on on Christian McCaffrey, obviously, uh, being the MVP. Um, <clears throat> let's look at the reality of the, you know, the situation, though. If we had all our pieces working the way they should, uh, Christian McCaffrey's numbers aren't even close to what they are right now. Uh, our offense right. runs entirely through Christian McCaffrey. And the other problem that you run into is 
you can't have an MVP of a team uh, of the NFL be on a losing team. It's just not the reality. Trill mentioned it in the chat. You know, I, I, you know, halfway through the season, we had that hope still um, because we were still in the contention. You know, if we made it to the playoffs, there's a real argument to be made. But I'll tell you, even beyond the losing, there's those three plays that are always constantly going to be kind of coming back. And those are that that game against Tampa where he couldn't get to the the the, the marker. You know, not now. I know all these can't be blamed entirely on him. A lot of that has to do with Cam Newton wasn't healthy, the scheme wasn't right, bad decision running him out wide and set it up the middle for an inches decision, um, and then the Green Bay game where we were inches away from being able to do it. Yeah, Grand Greg Van Roten missed a block, but a lot of the people that make MVP make MVP because they lift their team up, and that's the problem. Um, I still think Christian McCaffrey is the greatest thing to hit the Panthers since Cam Newton. But uh yeah, you, know, you just can't have plays like that and expect the media to want to vote you in as MVP. I well I don't think you is. can be a running back that gets MVP and be on a losing team. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I think not. that would be absolutely. is like if you won the Super Bowl and Christian McCaffrey had the year he would had, then I think it's fine. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well can I just say that there's a possibility we could still go ten and six. Oh, gosh, us, Greg. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And the, the year Adrian Peterson won MVP as the running back, they went 10-6. So you don't have to have a perfect record as a running back if you have that good of a year. So that's all I'm trying to point out. Mm. It, the possibility is still there. But I don't they, think it's going to happen. But They made it to the playoffs, though, right? Right, but 10-6 doesn't make the playoffs, playoffs every year. That's just happened to work out that, that way for them. I know, but that's what I mean. Like They made it to the playoffs. That's a big part of it. If you're not okay. in the postseason – you're not on prime time. You're not like that's. I think part of Nobody. the reason you're not going to see Christian McCaffrey is we don't have any prime. We had two prime time games, you know, beyond the the four o'clock, which I don't even consider that prime time if you ask me. But right, um, you know, there's there's only two prime time games we've had this year, and in both of them, you know, Christian McCaffrey came up short. You know, when yeah. the- I do want I do want to throw this in real quick that there is still a possibility. That Caroline can could be my sugar mama one day. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> it may not happen, but it also may. So right. you don't know. There's still know. time. And right. in here, there's let's still. just say this. There's a is chance. That whether, so you're telling me there's a chance. Mm-hmm. Whether right. this conversation is mute now because one person has pulled away in the MVP race, and that's Lamar Jackson. Oh my God. That's what I was saying in the chat. I, I, I agree 100%. And Michael Wade says they don't even talk about Cam when comparing to Lamar Jackson. And I agree. What the hell is that about? It's either Vic or RG3. He says, mm-hmm. uh, I saw another thing. I saw this tweet the other day, and it was like black quarterbacks now, you know, yes. dispelling the narrative, which I think is a great tweet. You know, I thought, oh man, I'm, I'm into this. Like, look at this. We got Lamar Jackson. We've got Teddy Bridgewater. We've got um, Deshaun Watson. We've got Patrick Mahomes. And then they left Cam off the mm-hmm. list. And I was like, how soon you mofos forget? Mm-hmm. So how soon you forget? Um, but there's a lot of recency bias in all of this. All right, 252-228-5098. All right, guys, if you're playing this before Tuesday's show, okay, save it for that. Okay, this is your warning. Tony, 
I'm icing you the fuck up, bud. Okay, first uh, off, you canceled my call, okay? Or I got like halfway through the second one and you canceled it just because, you know, you got butt hurt. Well, guess what? Good on you because the second half of that call was absolutely terrible, so I'm happy that you canceled it, okay? Secondly, okay, I'm icing you up because you're butt hurt. Why are you getting so butthurt that I didn't ask you to, to be on the team? Maybe I just didn't know what position was trap for you. You know, I'm not going to play a lot of that. Jeez, you know? I'm only making the team if there's an injury. What are we going to do with Tony? And by the way, I'm also icing you up because uh, you're hating on Carolina Kim. Okay? Yeah, she likes a little like a stick. But, you know, doesn't mean much. I, I'm still sleeping with it. Okay? So, icing you up, Tucker. <laughs> Take that. All right. Uh, so I should have bounced you at the beginning. Mm. What's up, C3? This is Nova Black. I wanted to call in before Nova the game Black, jumped man. off today at 1 o'clock. Nova I Black. things that I want to talk about real quick. And I, I'm going to try not to keep it too long. I was never the one on the, on the fire Ron Rivera train, ever. Not at all. I was not. Wasn't the one on the fire Ron or Marty train either. I kind of liked the, the scouting that Marty did, the team that Marty put us together. I kind of like the last couple drafts since he's been back. I don't think Marty has ever been really trashy at drafting. I think um, uh, the new uh, contract agreement, I guess they call it some type of uh, bargaining agreement between the NFLPA, you know, with all of the players and, and all that stuff that they had when they had to hold out when Cam Newton first came into the league, when they really didn't get training camp and all that other stuff. You know, um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I wasn't really on that train. I think Marty kind of got out of hand around that time with paying, you know, players and gotten his feelings involved in, over the business part. But I really thought Marty was a pretty decent GM. But now, when it comes to the team and the coach Rivera, uh, Kencher and the regime and the way everybody's in the, in the locker room, yes, the locker room is great. You know, the culture is great. But the performance on the field has been very inconsistent over the years. And then when you look at the offense, when you look at the defense, when you look at the secondary. What's going on? Stream has reconnecting. Hold on. Go live. See if we're back now. They're saying it's still going. Hold on. It's coming back. Coming back. Come on back. Come on back. Why the hell did it just crash? Mm. You're live. Right. I just got an alert for it to play. Yeah, did you? Live. Let's uh let me look and see if there's anything else that's live right now that's uh playing and see if it's a YouTube. It thing. looks is it a different video now? It works for me. Yeah, it's working for me now. Wait, I, I, I mean, YouTube is. Uh... Oh man, you're up and you have two of your uh, <laughs> your faces up twice, uh, Tony. My no, face? that's no, 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 that's not now. That's restarted the video, so the stream ended. So what? Uh, we got a new stream. You're either gonna have to make a new. Yeah, you're gonna have to make a new stream. Son of a bitch. I mean, they can say Jeff Hodges. We can hear you. I see y'all live right now. They say that? 
It's a different who's, video. Who's yeah, saying? I got I got sent an alert that that y'all went live again, and I cl- I went into okay. that and How about now this? I started the video. video. So the stream ended. But then right. I started. So what? We got a new stream. A new one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here, let me put it in the. All right. So YouTube did that on its own. It's like uh, it, the stream died, and then I had to redo it. And then it started a new stream. Like when I went to go redo it, it uh, started a new stream. So, uh, hey, this has been a, a, a cacophony of errors. Um, so, hopefully, you lie, Tony, you were just trying to get more views. Yeah, we're back again. <laughs> Guys, share the link again. I know it's probably a different link. So, here, let's keep going on with Nova Black's call. Maybe. Oh, I don't don't hear that. I don't either. Come on, uh, businesses. What's up, C three? This is not all that stuff that they had when they had the holdout when Cam Newton first came into the league when they really didn't get training camp and all that other stuff. You know. Um. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I wasn't really on that train. I think Marty kind of got out of hand around that time. We're paying, you know, players and gotten his feelings involved. Over the business part, but I really thought Mario was a pretty decent GM. But now, when it comes to the team and the coach Rivera, uh, Kencher, and the regime, and the way everybody's in the in the locker room, yes, the locker room is great. You know, the culture is great, but the performance on the field has been very inconsistent over the years. And then when you look at the offense, when you look at the defense, when you look at the secondary, when you look at the skilled players. For some odd reason, our team is like uh, a car that was put together with the plugs and wires on the wrong motherfucking, you know, on the wrong spot. <laughs> because that shit is not running smoothly, it's skipping and jumping, and it's inconsistent, it's just not clicking for some odd reason. And I'm really thinking we need to hire one of these new offensive geniuses coming from college with these new schemes that are that tend to be kicking Those ass in the there. NFL, giving defenses a hard time catching up, which is very unusual because defenses catch up really fast in this league. Anyway, I just wanted to point that out about uh, our team, you know, since Ron Rivera has been here. Yes, we have done a lot of winning, but that's primarily because Cam Newton has been carrying this team on his back. Some years the defense has not been always stellar. Cam Newton has never had any real offensive weapon until CMC got there besides uh, Golden Greg Olsen. Um, and and, and I really leg. think that at this point in time, you know, we need a change. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Um, what do you guys think about this? Is uh, Jeff Hodge, Chef Jess says the game is past Norv by. I did have this in my notes that this was Norv's best game of the year, though, as a play caller. He, he did a good job this week. Uh, what uh, here's here's my thing. I want to do an exercise here because I don't know any like that's a great idea. What he's saying, what Noah Black was saying about get one of these new college uh, young minded college coaches in here to to try to change it up. You guys have any ideas? Because I don't know of anybody. My my call is Greg Roman from from Baltimore. He's he's going to be a head coach next year. We might as well snag him up if we can. So so yeah. Listen, there there's there's a few uh, different coaching options, and that it goes back to what I'm saying. Uh, I've said before, and to me, it's like. Uh, uh, people are they become in love with their captors 
And there, there's this mindset that we can't do better than Ron Rivera. But I do think there are some interesting names uh, to uh, to float out there. You said one of them, Greg Roman. That's a that's a really good name, uh, considering what he did with Colin Kaepernick and now Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, that's been a guy that people have been talking about for a long okay. time. Um, I really like Ryan Day from Ohio. Uh, from Ohio State, I don't know. Uh, it's his first year as the head coach for the Buckeyes, so I don't necessarily know that you'd be able to pry him away right now. But there are guys out there. Uh, I like Lincoln Riley a lot. Tony and I both like the idea of, of Lincoln Riley. Um, and listen, for those of you, uh, Ken and I got into a discussion on uh, on you know offensive-minded coaches and defensive-minded coaches. Uh, to throw out a defensive name, if you will, uh, Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, is is a name to be considered. So okay. there are definitely people out there, but we have to be able to get them in the building over other teams that are probably going to have a coaching vacancy. So, for example, the Cowboys are probably going to be a big name if they move on from Jason Garrett. Uh, Lincoln Riley might decide that Baker Mayfield, his former quarterback up in Ohio, but the Browns is a better option for him to go coach. So um, if we want some of these better coaches, I think David Tepper is really going to have to throw his his weight around, if you will. All right. Does the coaching salary go against the cap? No. Okay. Which is awesome when you have a billionaire, you know, and – I think the problem, though, Cody said, is that the Cowboys are going to be problematic is because they got a guy. I mean, but you also have to believe, too, that the Cowboys, that some coaches would be wary of just going and coaching under Jerry Jones, period. Right. Is that that's not. But I would say this is right now, if you look at the two teams and the unknown with Cam right now, you're probably saying that the Dallas team is more well-rounded at this moment. And I don't know if that's true and we're just having a bad year or what, but I, I think it's going to be like, I don't know what you have to do with, with Cam, you know, to, if that is going to help attract somebody. Um, and I think that that's going to be the, the ultimate defining factor there is, is does that guy want to come and work with Cam or, and if, if you, there is a guy that um, if Cam's not going to be there, I would think that that is a real, um, lack of a draw to Carolina. Possibly, but you could have coaches who say, okay, Cam's not going to be here, but we're going to have this pick or we're going to make this trade based on what you want to yeah, work with. You that could tell them, for some coach. Yeah, you could tell them we're going to get aggressive in the first round and get a guy you want, right? Right. Um, so. Yeah, uh, Ken D says, I think Jones has been more than patient with Jason Garrett. He has. It's surprisingly patient. Oh, yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. All right, Garrett's let's go to the gone. next call. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I saw a few seconds left on the clock, 26 seconds. And I am done, done with Bradbury. Yes, y'all can say whatever you want. You want to be blind? <laughs> fuck it. Be blind. That, that is fucking pitiful. Like, how? I, I just don't get it. And the play calling. You can hear the frustration. The end, yeah. It's so it's damn conservative. It didn't make any sense. Kyle Allen was actually playing pretty well. Why run up the gut when you know that's their strength? That is 
It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't freaking make sense. Now, they're probably going to kick a field goal because of some bullshit that Bradbury can't even freaking state. And I'm not even mad that we lost. I'm mad how we lost. And I'm assuming we're going to lose. But, uh, like, this is why I wrote it. And anybody that wanted to defend the freaking coaches, oh, the players got executed, go back. Look at what the Rams did with with the same exact players that Jeff Fisher did. Coaching is way more important. I've seen way more important than y'all give give credit. And and this crap has got to stop. It has to. I don't understand it. It. Oh man, this this is this is crazy. Like DJ Moore bought his ass off hurt. For what? To get to lose by some bullshit like this, man! I'm di- disgusted. Hey, look, is give it credit to let me. Uh, was that the end of the call? Did yeah, that was it. That was it. Uh, give credit to Brandon Herbert for being consistent, being a man of his. Uh, what your convictions? Yeah, listen. Like mm-hmm. I said, I would die on the hill of these coaches gotta go. And to his credit, on that also, he's joined me on that hill. Uh, he is on the uh, fuck James Bradbury hill, man. And you have to commend him for it because listen, I mean, he. I feel like like brother Herbert is right, and we're right. So there are games when Bradbury does look like a shutdown corner. But then there are games like this, uh, New Orleans and, and Pittsburgh last year, where it's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing out there, man? That third down play, I don't know what happened on that play, but Bradbury was nowhere near him on Michael Thomas, no less. It's he just, didn't put yeah, his hands was, on him. He gave him a free oh. release on the on the end zone. Look, for, uh, we're going to keep talking about this, but giant shout out to Grayson McKinnon with twenty four ninety nine. That might be the biggest donation to the show ever. Hey guys, I've been listening to the podcast for about a year. Do you guys think there have been any, any significant trades in the off season? Also, I've been hearing that we have our eyes on Dirk Cutter. I don't oh, like Dirk Cutter. If, no. if Dirk Cutter becomes our quarter, uh, our coach, I might quit being a fan for until he's gone. What would you say if he was our offensive coach? I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I I don't. It's hard for me to blame someone for having Jameis Winston throwing throwing interceptions. That now times. he's with Matt Ryan, and the, their offense has been productive. Right, and he was productive with Winston too. They they scored a lot of points. Winston always has good numbers, other than. Interception. Well, yeah, he has great uh, high interception numbers, too. I don't even know my, how he... My initial reaction to it isn't great, but uh, we could probably do worse than Dirk Carter, but then, then again, I don't, I don't know. I would, Fuck I that, do, man. I they were terrible. Tampa was Cutter's terrible under him. Do you think Cutter's a downgrade? From Rivera? From Rivera. Yes. Know. Do you think he's a downgrade from Turner as a offensive coordinator? I don't know. Mm, no. I mean, it's kind of hard would, to say. He's got Julio, him. dude. He's got Julio. It's true. And, and yeah, Mike I mean, Evans. You gotta, you guys do remember, like, when he was with the Falcons even before he went to Tampa Bay, uh, he did take that offense 
even before they were as considered perennial as they were in 2016 to the NFC Championship. I know Matt Ryan was playing very well that year, but I mean, there's there's a history of him being successful with offenses when given a uh, an actual talented roster. So go to the I, trades next because the number one thing is this: is that Cam Newton. Uh, a lot of people think, and and this is, I want to give a shout out to Andy Massey, who has been a longtime uh, friend of the show. He said um, that he was listening to the uh, One Day Contract podcast, and he said, and I went and listened to it, and they had a lot to say about Cam Newton, Tepper, Marty Herney, and um, that they were of the opinion that Cam Newton would not and should not play the final year of his deal without an extension. And therefore, that the Panthers just can't give him the extension, so they will end up trading him. Now, that would be the number one trade that would be possible. Um, but I think, too, is that if you do that, you know, who do you trade him to? And we've had this conversation, right, is CK brought this up. And I think CK brought the great, you know, is that the, the one or two teams don't have a lot of trade immediate trade value to give for Cam Newton. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be problematic. And then do we trade up um, for a draft pick? And I kept saying this, and back to the the Bradbury thing, is I told y'all we should have traded for Peterson. I mean, it would have ended, ended up being a wasted trade if the team was still this bad. I don't think Peterson would have helped our defense be that much better, but – I mean, of course, it'd be it would have been good to have him, but he was also suspended for the first eight yeah, games you, of the season. You know, he would have traded for Peterson and then sat up, put him behind Bradbury until Bradbury got injured before he started. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't have made a difference. Would you guys? Would you guys be all right to trade Cam Newton to Miami if they offered a twenty twenty first round pick? Well, so uh, okay, if I may oblige you, really, uh, if we're talking about off season trades. You have we're talking about a scenario where we are rebuilding. The Carolina Panthers are rebuilding. And then at that point, you might as well get everything that you can out of all the best players that we have. If you're gonna do a full rebuild, don't half ass it. I mean, you're talking about and this is not what I'm advocating for doing. This is not what I want to do at all. But if you're talking about trades. Dude, what does what does the Patriots want for whatever's left of Luke Kickley's career? You know what what uh does Greg Olson have another year in him? Maybe he wants to. I mean, yeah, we all think he's going to the booth, but he's got to go I'm to the saying. booth. Did you listen to Monday Night Football? It is it. It's even worse yeah, this bad. year. It's yeah, got Booger, worse Booger, from last year. Booger, Booger is terrible. Marlin and Sean Sean whatever the hell his name is are terrible. I think mm-hmm. Sean McDonough. Yeah, Greg Olson has a job waiting on him. But um, my point kind of remains the same. Whatever players, uh, I think they're going to sign Christian no matter what. But all the players on our team right now that are of value, I mean, it's all the big-name type players. So if you're going to start trading people, it's it's going to have to be names for a rebuild that seeks to draft Trevor Lawrence or something of that nature. Kendi says they're getting rid of Luke, KK, and CMC's gone. <laughs> Pretty sure he's being facetious, but well, CMC. Huh. Well, CMC. I, I even heard someone report. 
I don't remember who, but they're already talking about paying CMC $85 million, uh for five years. I mean, you know who you heard that from is me. I said that six weeks ago. <laughs> He's the best running back in the NFL. He should, he should get paid as the best running back. And NFL. you should go ahead and reward him. And since you're running him down the, you know, I mean, you're running him so hard, you pay him, you keep him happy, um, and you invest you in do it. Do it before the new, the new CBA as well. Right? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Uh, and Cody, just the final part, uh, going back to the trade thing, is that if so, a couple people said that Miami and one of their high draft picks. At first, I think it would be just cruel to send Cam to Miami. Like, I just feel like that's a dickhead move to do. Um, But Yeah, that's a rough one. Is there there really a guy that you have faith with coming out of the draft this year that you would invest that much um, to be the starting quarterback for the future? No. I'm worried that Burrow is going to – I don't know. But if Burrow's he's the- out of the question anyway. He's going to go number one. I mean, he has something like a 79, 80-something percent completion percentage in the SEC. I mean, the, the dude really is putting up unheard of numbers so if you're just judging him based on, on on what he's done. So, yeah, I mean, you're, Cincinnati is not going to go all the way back to the 18th pick because we want Joe Burrow. Uh, then you're left with two attack of Iloa who, while is an incredible football player, man. The the player is exceptional, but he has a real injury concern. Mm-hmm. And the homeboy just broke his hip bone. Uh, and then you have Justin Herbert, who I also like a lot. Um, I, I, I still have questions about him. He's kind of like a Ben Roethlisberger type, big, mobile, fast, big arm. Um, but it's either one of those three. It's no one else. <laughs> Um, I, I like the quarterback crop next year. Uh, what if two than I do this year? What if Tua slips to fifteen? No, I've heard a lot of people talking about, or a lot of uh, analysts saying that he shouldn't even be looked at in the first round. Well, yeah, I mean, with his his serious injury concerns before the injury, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, he's he was playing. You know, he had a lot of good things to be seen about him, but. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't think he should come out of the draft. I think he should stay in Alabama next year or at least one more year. I think it just depends on, on where teams value him, man. If you're the Dolphins and, and you've been in love with Tua for, you know, for two years now then and he's sitting there at four, then you're, you're probably still going to take him, man. I mean, you look at how important the quarterback position is. Yeah, you're you're going to gamble on a player like Tua Tagovailoa. And if the Panthers drafted him, um, I wouldn't hate the move, and I would say that I understand it. But I agree with Jeff Hodge, and Jeff Hodge just popped this up. It's the most recent comment. If you can't stay healthy uh, in college, you're probably not going to stay healthy in the NFL. And and it's a very reasonable criticism. Um, I've never seen that problem go away. So I don't know. We'll We'll have to see. Back to the rebuild question, and and let's tie it back to Brandon Herbert's call about Bradbury. Bradbury, in a contract year, looking like in the early part of the season that he was playing for a solid contract. Right now, the question is, do you want to re-sign him? And we know Brandon doesn't, right? Um, But when you're talking about a rebuild, Cody, is the, the, the rebuild might be in the process uh, in the future more than we want it to be. 
just given the amount of players that you have continued to reference over the last couple of weeks that are going to have to be either re-signed or replaced. Yeah. And, I mean, you right now, you know, I don't know if you make Shaq one of the highest-paid linebackers in the league. I don't think I'd be happy with that. No, uh, I don't. I don't feel comfortable doing that either. I I don't um, feel comfortable. Let me see. Who is another name? Bradbury is one of those names. Um, Curtis Samuel's coming up. Yeah, and how about this? Is uh, Cur- Curtis Samuel giant disappointment? Really? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, I I, I'm so happy that you bought this up because I don't see how you could put that on him when you've had this quarterback situation that we yeah. got here in Carolina. He's playing yeah, shook, you, dude. He's playing shook. Gonna, he has oh, dropped yeah, I, he's dropped a couple of balls and you did. watch him and you watch his eyes and he's worried about getting smashed. So I I I, I did note that he's not making an effort to catch the ball with his hands. His body catching the football. And that's a no no. You never do that. Mm. Um on top of that And he's, he's looking out. he's hearing footsteps, dude. Imagine if we had a quarterback that could hit Curtis Samuel in stride, dude, Curtis, you cannot blame Curtis Samuel for having a shot Cam Newton for the past two years and Kyle Allen that can't put the ball out in front of him. I just, it's, it's hard for me to blame Curtis Samuel for this. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm on the, I'm on the, that train. And when you have a, a quarterback, like, you know, as we said, Kyle Allen, who is literally looking at two people, that is Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Those are the yeah. only two reads he has. He is not a three-read person. Um, and like you said, the stride thing, a lot of people are going to point to the fact that he had those two deep balls. Well, let's be honest, one of those was to DJ Moore. It was short, intermediate, that DJ Moore turned into 50 yards. But mm-hmm. even the touchdown pass, like, did you see how long – DJ Moore had to stand in the same spot. Yeah, he, he almost got there. caught up with before yeah. the ball got there. Like, yeah. I mean, that he, it, that ball should have been thrown a lot sooner than it was. He had that guy beat from the get-go. Yeah, he, he should have caught it close to the back of the end zone. Yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, even with that, a lot of people are going to point to, oh, did you see that great deep pass? That still what I mean, I'm still happy that he got that. Like, right, you know, that was – that was all DJ Moore just completely destroying, running an excellent route, destroying the defensive back. That was that was purely what that was. Uh, if, if that would have been a missed ball, if that would have been thrown any shorter, definitely would have been an interception, certainly. But uh, that that still uh, that would have been a lot more questions raised on Kyle Allen had he missed that shot. Yeah. Well, well, he dropped me. some balls. That, that what I have, I'm saying this is all right. I will grant you all of that. Um, but I've seen this is that I'm just wondering if he is a little limited in his skill set. And that is that he's too small. Like he can't, he can't go across the middle. He's shook when he goes across the middle. So you can't use him like in the slot. He, is he a one trick pony, I guess, or is he like a little bit too much like Tavon Austin who can do a little of everything, but doesn't excel at anything. That's a really good comparison right there. I'm just worried. I, was, I, was, I just thought I had such high hopes for him. All we were saying is this is, I mean, I draft him in like the damn third round of my fantasy leagues. I just thought it was going to be fan- for Gerald McCoy. I mean, he's not been a uh, disappointment, but he hasn't been living up to the hype. Certainly. You know, I did tell he, you not to sleep on DJ though. Didn't I tell you all that yeah. is that mug oh, well, has been fantastic. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think nobody can be – if you look at his numbers, I was looking at next-gen stats today. Um, he's the fifth uh, – he has the fifth highest yards in the NFL right now. Among all, He's beating Cooper Cup. He's beating uh, Keenan Allen. He's beating all these guys who were considered way better than him. And I th- still think it's hilarious that the media has not recognized that he's an elite receiver. He's on opinion. pace for 1,300 yards. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I don't remember last time we got any dude over 1,000. Kelvin Benjamin in 2014. Mm. Maybe yeah. Ted Ginn. I'll tell you. No, this. Ted Ginn put, never got a thousand. If you put Curtis Samuel on on another football team that has a quarterback that can actually hit the go routes, Curtis Samuel is a, a completely different player than the one you're talking about now. Sean Jackson. Stockton. I did like how they got him involved differently though in this past game. Yeah. You know, as they used some motion, they actually got him the ball. Instead of just decoying him, I thought uh, they did a good job with that. All right, let's go into the next call. I do want to talk about Marty Herney's draft, but I think I'm wondering if uh, Rich Kingston's going to bring it up. I know he tweeted us earlier. I'm looking at what he was talking about right now. Baptist Podcast, how y'all doing, man? What's the living? Fuck did we just witness, man? <laughs> What's up, G? Goddamn <laughs> game. How? How? How in the fuck did we lose that damn game, man? Fire fucking Rivera, man. He was doing. Coaching pretty good this daggone game, man. And get the fuck, get rid of Joey Sly, man. I'm tired of this shit, man. Are you serious, man? You missed two damn extra points, and then you missed a damn field goal, man. You just left five points up out on damn field, man. Five damn points, man. Five damn points. I'm tired of this shit, man. I swear, man. Kyle Allen played pretty damn good. DJ Moore played his fucking ass off, man. And this is the shit that we get, man. Man, fuck this shit, man. Fire Ron Rivera. David Tipper, fire this motherfucker, man. He cannot coach the goddamn team, man. I love the fire, man. And the Saints are lucky as shit. Motherfucker. No, they damn lucky, man. They are lucky as hell, man. That they have a 3-4 defense scheme. Get rid of that shit. Go back to the 4-3. And always remember, y'all. Always remember. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. I love it, man. I love it that people are pissed off. Like, this shit is not acceptable anymore. I mean, it it really isn't, man. How many times are we going to have the same conversations over and over? You know, at the end, uh, a single play that caused us to lose, or and now it's the kicker. I just want to remind people that we had Harrison Butker on our football team, and we let him go in favor of Graham Gano. Yeah, is that a stain on Marty Herney as well? Absolutely. I agree. Stain. I you think had, so. You had, you had a stud in the building, a young guy that was cheaper than Graham That you Gano. drafted. That you also drafted. Yes, that we drafted. It's, it's, it's embarrassing, man. Um, yeah, I, I echo that same sentiment, man. You, you, there is nothing that anyone could do to sell me on keeping Ron Rivera for another season. So one of the things in this game that uh, really stuck in my craw, as old Peter from Family Guy would say, guys, if we wouldn't have scored a touchdown going into the half, we would have been up here going ape shit about the clock management. Romo was saying this on the broadcast, which, by the way, uh, Romo also highlighted that our offensive line is atrocious. He said, I've never, he said, I don't think any quarterback could do well in this school with this offensive line. But guys, you saw that is that we're marching down. If, if Christian McCaffrey doesn't make that big play, we're settling for a field goal, potentially letting the time run out. Period. We could have had three plays there and we got one off. Yeah. 
I mean, it's embarrassing. It was it's not, and I think that's on. I mean, I think that if it, you know, we used to always talk shit about Cam with that. Like, why isn't he being more urgent? But why aren't the guys in the headphones saying "Go, go, go"? Yeah. So at the before halftime, we we're we're trying to score. We get the ball back uh, after the half. Yeah, there's no urgency, man. They they we've talked about for a long time that this offense could benefit from some hurry up, get back to the line, see what formation the defense is in, and then let Cam Newton or the coordinator or whoever go from there. You have 15 seconds before the headset cuts off and you can't hear the coordinator anymore. So I don't know, man. It's, it's the same old, same old shit, different day. Man. All right. Well, let's go to the next call and see what they say. Oh, and Joey Sly, you fucking bitch. Like, I swear to God, like, you, how do you miss this is two extra the... points and a fucking 20-some yard field goal? Like, I don't get it. And they made the damn field goal. Fuck this dude. I swear to God. Joe, oh, my <laughs> God, Joey Sly. Yeah, we, what, how hard is it to find a fucking field goal kicker? We have Graham Dino. He's a bum. And then we get Joey Sly give us a little hope, but he's a bum. Like, I don't. Gano was a bum. Get it. I mean, obviously, it must be pretty damn hard if we can't get the fucking field goal kicker. Well, to be fair, to <sighs> and, Joey Sly. Uh, and James Bradbury. Well, James motherfucking Bradbury. <laughs> uh, you, you say what you want. He And he almost goes. Oh, don't think I'm not going to talk about it because he wasn't caught. Ted Ginn towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter burnt his ass like two, three times. And one of them was dropped. And oh, the other weird. one was fucking just overthrown. Fuck him. And if y'all think he's good, then y'all, everybody can kiss my ass. Those were <laughs> One of those was Deshaun or Dante Jackson. The other one was... Uh... Was Eric Reed playing the deep zone? All but, right. Uh, when, uh, what were you saying was, about Sly? Sly, you know, here's the part that yeah, he's he's been one of the least consistent as far as uh, field goals. But when you compare him to Harrison Butker, Harrison Butker is one for four from fifty plus. Uh, Joey Sly is six for nine. So there's a difference between twenty five percent and a sixty six uh, conversion rate on fifty plus. Now, when we start talking about the short to intermediate. Harrison Butker obviously has the uh, has the 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 win on those statistics, but uh, I think there's too much. What you have, what you run into with uh, with a power kicker like uh, like Joey Sly is you typically have an issue with accuracy. Pat McAfee, that's the reason he went to be a punter instead of being a place kicker. He was a place kicker for West Virginia. You know, he could kick that ball as far as anybody. Problem was, it was never, you know, you couldn't really rely on him to have a 80% conversion rate as you would with a very precise kicker. So there's a, there's this give and take when it comes to those types of kickers. And so I think that's what we're seeing with Joey Sly is we've got that leg. When we talk about touchbacks, when you see that, uh, when he makes those 50-yarders, he still has an extra 10, 15, 20 yards he can actually go. I could see a situation where we put him in there if we're – really desperate and we really want to get those three points towards the end of the half or something and, and allow him to kick a 70 yarder just to see, but you know, it's uh it's something that, uh, that's, uh, you gotta, 
realize what you have when you when you have a kicker like uh, Joey Sly. All right, you guys cover me on this call. All right. What's up, CG? And no call. Great. Uh, 6K, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, so uh, it's just me and you right now. So let, uh, let's talk about this. <laughs> uh, do you, could you foresee a scenario where we employed two kickers? Like I mean, I Graham could no be the short range to mid range guy, and then when you had to have a hammer leg, have have Joey Sly. I mean, because I've been thinking about that. You know, some people talk about like dual quarterback systems, where like they do it a lot in college, where they'll have two quarterbacks. Essentially, you know, they'll they'll rotate them in and out. I wonder why you don't see that with more positions. And, yeah, did you think that we could do something like that for kicking? I think that that really messes with somebody's head, to yeah. be honest with you. Uh, kicking is, is all is all about your mindset. Not all about it. You have, to have talent, too, but a lot to do with your mindset. And I think that when you get into a kicker's head like that, that's why they call timeouts to freeze the kicker, stuff like that. It, it, it I don't think that would work. Plus, I'd much rather use that extra roster spot for a fourth or fifth running back, we're never going to use. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're never going to use. <laughs> never, never gonna use. But, but to Cody's point, here's what I'll talk about. They talk about kicking being a mental game, and every every camera shot was cutting to Joey Sly sitting by himself on the bench, and you know, all, all by himself the entire time. Can you not under like? I could personally see where even having a second kicker just to be there for the uh, moral, like the moral, you know, just being able to say, hey, man, I've been there. These are not easy situations. You know, being a kicker is one of the loneliest positions in the, in the NFL yeah. because nobody else can do it. Nobody's going to understand what it takes, what type of precision it's going to take to do that type of thing unless you've been a kicker like that. And, uh, you know, maybe there is something to be said from a, a, a mental standpoint and the opposite of Greg's argument. I don't know. Tony, as soon as you walked away, the call stopped. What? <laughs> it just said another black calling immediately after the game was over with and whatnot. Uh, it was a good game, but you know, I expected us to play the Saints close. We always do play the Saints close. Um, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, can I say more? I mean, great day. These guys went in today. But guess what? Yes, all that work Christian McCaffrey put in, all them jaws and all that right there, yes, and he gaining, and all of that MVP chant he getting, and we still losing. We still losing. Guess what? He's sitting on the bench over there thinking, dang, I'm over here putting it all on the line, and we still losing. But guess what? He's feeling exactly what Cam Newton felt the last seven, eight years. That's all I got to say about that. Another loss on the belt. You guys keep pounding, keep pounding, keep pounding, and keep the podcast pumping. Love y'all. Man, glad to have you back, Nova Black. He said he had been yeah. checked out of football. I saw him say that on Twitter. It's glad to have you back. Let's keep going. Hey, y'all. This is Alex up here in, in Hickory. Um, What's up, Alex? Yeah, I'm sure. Hickory. Well, I didn't even listen to the, the post game today. I'm mm. sure. Don't worry. You didn't miss anything. Bummed about <laughs> losing that right at the end. We didn't do it. Um, <laughs> I am too. Uh, but uh, I mean, overall, it's a it's a 
pretty good game. It was entertaining at the very least. Uh, but since since I'm sitting here sad and ready uh, to kind of crash out and go to bed, I uh, I generally like to hop on and, and check out you know individual stats on uh, NFL.com. See, make sure uh, C Mac is still you know number one in rushing and all-purpose yards, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, I was going through the uh, the receivers, and I noticed, I don't know if I've ever seen this, the top five receivers in the NFL right now are Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, and DJ Moore. Um, and that's, five that's based off of yardage, right? That is all receivers from the NFC South, which is no, five, five, yeah. kind of crazy. Blew my mind. Um, and also awesome for DJ. He's really been playing well lately. Uh, I don't, I don't have anything other to say than, than that, but I just thought that was, that's kind of an interesting stat to see that all of these receivers from our division are the ones that are racking up the most yards. Anyways, uh, keep pounding. All right, man. I think uh, that continues to show how well DJ Moore has been quietly playing. And again, I think so. He's been a benefit, a benefactor of a quarterback that um, they're working to one receiver type. Re- you know, they know who that's his go-to guy right now. Uh, and, and like you and guys were saying to, about Curtis Samuel, he has not been uh, the benefactor of that. And shout out to Brandon Herbert in the chat room. Uh, DJ Moore ain't getting enough credit. He played with one arm. So much respect for that man. Yeah, he's been dealing with an elbow. Uh, an elbow injury on, I believe, his left arm. I, I, I don't remember uh, which arm it is, but yeah, DJ Moore has been balling out, um, and I think, and um, injury. yeah, he's he's been hurt. And I don't remember who made the point, but one of you guys said, you know, he's a Kyle Allen's a one read guy. So a lot of those, but Norv Turner. I mean, we remember how much of a crush Norv Turner had on DJ Moore. So DJ Moore, he really is the first, the first option, the first read on a lot of these plays, and that does benefit DJ Moore. And I do want to make sure I give him credit because I was hard on him, and rightfully so, last year and in training camp where I feel like uh, his route running really did leave a lot to be desired. I mean, he wasn't making a lot of separation, wasn't running back to the football on comeback routes. And he has really made a market improvement. Uh, he's improved his game a lot. So, yeah, he absolutely deserves a ton of credit for the type of season that he's having right now, even with a backup quarterback, no less. All right, let's see. Is there no audio with this call? It's just a blank call. All right. Hi, guys. Rich in London. Um, How you doing, Rich? There you go. That's he's got a gnarly paintball injury right now. Pepper needs him, uh, CMC, Luke, a few others. Looks like Poe might be done. If it's a torn quad, he's going to be out a year. There's no way they're going to hold on to his captain. Yeah, we haven't talked about it. It's a shame because he started to look much better this year. Uh, I'm not going to say it's rebuild, but there's a lot of rebuilding to do for next year. I think we need most of the D-line, um, but just coaching. He needs to not get rid of them now. They'll last the season. But we've been talking about this. I've been phoning into you for the last two seasons and probably half my calls start with it's the coaching completely with you Cody. Um you'll get this pre-show anyway uh, great job as always guys uh, and 
let's see where we go from here. Throw some names around though. I don't, uh, the, the Baltimore assistant coach, whose name escapes me right now. Greg Roman. That's um, Greg's dude. going to be hot stuff. Would probably work well with Cam for a running offense if that's what we're going to do. Um, and also, Cody, I know it's your neck of the woods. Draft picks. We're getting mocked Grand Delpit quite a lot, but I think right now there's a whole host of whole host of issues. Um, and how? Look how great we are at picking uh, safeties. Anyway, keep hands <laughs> like, Let's yeah, start with Don Terry. Down. Let's start with Don Terry Poe, a guy who was uh, not adored by Carolina Panther fans last year. Uh, got a three-year deal. Uh, we knew that we weren't going to be able to get out of it this year, but he then stepped in and p- has played rather well, I think. Uh, I think he's been a much, imp- you know, he's just fit the scheme a lot better. But a torn quad is the truth, so that could be. That does seem like the end of the road for Don Terry Poe there. Also another big injury that hurts this team, Greg Van Roten with a serious, some sort of toe or something, foot. or uh, Another big loss for a, a line Really, two of the best guys that we've had so far this year in some ways. And Roten has just been okay. He's not even been okay. Um, so what does this do to our team? And is Trey Turner not good anymore? Well, I do want to start by saying this. the that We had an offensive line rotation, or the formation that we had after um, uh, Roten got hurt. It was the lineup that I've been wanting to see forever. And that's Greg Little at left tackle, Daryl Williams at left guard, then Paradis, then Trey Turner at right guard, followed by Moten on the right side. And I feel like uh, at the end of the game, we actually looked okay in that scenario. And it, it bolsters that Daryl Williams is better as a guard. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I'm very uh, – you know, Don Tari Poe, yeah, I kind of agree with CK, man. This kind of feels like um, he's played his last snap for Carolina. He was kind of disappointing for a little while, and he was having a good year this year. Um, but, yeah, we, we've saved a lot of money for moving on from him, and I don't believe Don Tari Poe is irreplaceable. So, yeah, it sucks, man. I, I as, as bad as it sounds, I'm kind of more hopeful – about our offensive line going forward without Van Roten because it means you're going to be able to play Trey Turner and Daryl Williams at the same time. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, to the rest of the guys, is Trey Turner living on his reputation? But knowing Ron Rivera, probably. You know, I don't know. I just feel like he hasn't been – um, at, you know, it was Turner or Norwell. We chose Turner. Now, Norwell has been trash and hurt and IR in Jacksonville, so it's not like uh, that would have worked. I just uh, – I don't know. I see Trey Turner um, on the ass end of some plays now, and I don't ever remember seeing him like that. A lot of penalties, too. Yeah. A lot yeah. of real stupid penalties. And Greg Little has yeah. been awful since he's come back. I think he's been more um... – Undisciplined, is yeah. Thing. Okay. And he is a rookie, yeah, and, he's, and he missed a lot of time. Yeah. And that's when I said, you know, in in the game, I said this feels like this game is a little big for him. You know, coming and playing in the Superdome. But let's be honest, playing in New Orleans is a tough place to play oh, yeah. on offense. Like it is a tough place to play for anybody, much less a rookie coming back off of an injury like he was suffering, where he has only gotten 
you know, two, maybe three starts in his career by that point. That's a tough thing to do, especially with such a close game where the fans are in it the entire time. That is a tough thing for even veterans, but definitely a rookie. So, I mean, I'll give him somewhat of a benefit of the doubt there. But, yeah, I mean, there's still things that, uh, you know, that concern you when it comes to him. I think that I'm still rooting for him. I have a good feeling about his abilities uh, because he does remind me a lot now in, in the positives and negatives of uh, of uh, Michael Orr. But uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that same conclusion mm-hmm. like Michael's did. But. Chef Jeff saying watching the game's over, everyone on the line getting beat and penalties like echoing what you're saying, uh, Cody. Let's go on to the next call. Panthers podcast, how y'all doing? What's up, G? What's I up, G? Down. I know the last time I called you guys it was after the game, and I was so pissed <laughs> off. Hey, yes, I'm still saying fire Ron Rivera. I'm still saying that. I'm, I'm going to ask you guys a question. I keep seeing this shit on Facebook, but I don't know if it's true or not. For some weird reason, I keep seeing that they seen the Panthers are going to sign Colin Kaepernick. Me, personally, I don't think the shit is damn true. I really don't. I mean, I would love for him to come to Carolina. I really do. Because they said his last, like, two years or last year, he had horrible damn stats or whatever. But, see, he was playing underneath that damn dude. What's that dude's name? Uh, 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 I forgot his damn name. The damn dude used to coach the damn uh, Harbaugh, maybe? Eagles or whatever. Oh, you know no, what Chip saying? Kelly, like, maybe? Not possible. Chip Kelly. not come to Carolina, yeah. man. You know what I'm saying? I still got hope that we will at least have a winning record when the season is over. I don't see us going to the playoffs, unfortunately. I mean, unless Seattle and Minnesota, like, fall off the face of the earth, I don't see it. You know, we need to get rid of our damn kicker. Hey, Jeremy Slide, I used to like him, man, but he's horrible. Even when Gano gets healthy, you need to get rid of Gano, too, man. I mean, so anyway, give me, give me you guys' thoughts on that. And always remember, y'all, keep pounding. I don't think Kaepernick's the answer. Unless you're using him for a one-year stopgap next season. And on top of that, I do. I think it's fair. I think that everybody will get upset with this because, look, I'm actually pro-social justice warriors. I'm okay with players using their platform. But we do have to recognize whoever Colin Kaepernick goes to, it will be a circus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's well, not it's even probably- being racist. It will just be a circus. Well, See, I don't think – good. Sorry, I was going to say, here's my issue with it, and I'll you know, make this quick. Um, is, it has zero to do with that. Number one, I, I just didn't like the cat before he even did the kneeling stuff. That doesn't – you know, that's uh, an argument or a discussion for something that's not here, I think. But um, my, my issue is why in the world would you gamble on a guy who was bad without injury when you have a Cam Newton who – had a tough time because of injury. Like, Add to that hasn't played in three years. Exactly, you know? that hasn't played in three years. Who's going to cause? Well, what if you didn't have Cam though? That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if that's that's dependent upon what our organization wants to do. If we're getting rid of Cam this year and we're going to be basically throwing the the season for 2020 because we want to try to get somebody like a you know like good old Clemson boy um you know it's then <laughs> sure, I could see the only situation there but why in the world would you get I mean in the price tag that Kaepernick's going to try to bring is going to be astronomical if you're going to go that route you're not going for success you're going for somebody as a stopgap measure like you said Tony and you might as well just go ahead and keep Kyle Allen on the roster because he's going to 
costs way less than Kaepernick's going to cost. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I agree with everything you just said about that. I don't want Kaepernick on this team. It is going to be just a circus. And once again, this has nothing to do with the social injustice stuff. This has to do with me looking at him as a player and his attitude that he has now. And I'm definitely going to talk about this stuff later. Uh, but uh, let's just say for right now, I don't, I don't think Kaepernick, Kaepernick is the answer for this team. I just think it's going to be so hard for uh, a team – like maybe the only team that could pull it off would be the Patriots mm-hmm. where uh, they could they say can. this is like, we ain't talking anything about this anymore. Right. And I, uh, I just feel like uh, at least this is what we've seen over the Colin Kaepernick story had gone away. The, the, the NFL botches everything. What about, how is this such a successful league when they can't do anything fucking right? They can't get the replay shit right. They can't get the catch right. They can't get the challenges right. They can't get anything right. And they certainly haven't been able to get anything with player problems right in the last decade. Whether it goes back to um, the punching thing with Greg, not Greg, Greg Hardy and who was the Ray Rice. Like they've just stumbled and fumbled through every fucking issue and then they got off the hook with this Kaepernick deal. And then they go and make it a damn, what a, what idiots they are, the NFL. Well, the, the, you're right. It was done with the Kaepernick deal. But I'm pretty sure that was part of the collective bargaining agreement. Or not, excuse me, collective bargaining agreement. The, the NDA that he signed was that he had to have come back into the fold at some point in time. Or give him a chance to come back in the fold at some point in time. Oh, okay. So there's some I, political... I don't know about that, but I, I'm willing to bet there's I've heard, that too, that also if he's like it w- if he signs with the NFL that it, or with a team, that it would like nullify some of the lawsuit shit. I don't know. I, I, All right. Yeah. Uh, I do want to bring this up, though, because I, before I forget Rich Kingston... In his call, I hope you're recovering from that gnarly paintball wound you got in the shoulder. It just keeps getting uglier and uglier. Oh. Um, paintballs hurt, dude. Um, he brought this up on Twitter that the Panthers really have not been good in round three. <laughs> and listen yeah. to the last. I'm going to keep reading it back till we find a good round three pick. All right. Okay. Last year, Will Greer. The year before that, Rashawn Golden. The year before that, Deshaun Hall. The year before that, Daryl Worley. No third pick the year before that. We traded up to get Devin Funches. Remember, we traded our third to get Devin Funches. The last time we've had a good third-round pick, 2014, Trey Turner. Well, you could make the argument you don't know about Will Greer yet. So, I mean, that that may not be a bust. You're right. We don't know about him. How about this? Daryl Worley is playing well for the Raiders. Raiders yeah. fans rave about him. Man, fuck Daryl Worley. That dude's a dumbass. <laughs> well, how about this? Our coaches don't know what to do with talent if it's not. He also passed place. out in his car in the middle of a intersection. No, no one's defending <laughs> that. But you know, I, I think it kind of lends to a point that uh, a lot of these players, like, I mean, who knows if Cameron Artis Payne could have had a career in the NFL. He probably could have, but instead he had no film by the time his career was done here in Carolina to warrant someone else actually taking him on to, to be a running back. So 
I, I don't know, but your point does stand, though. We're bad in the third round, yeah. and that's why I'm um, – um, I mean, listen, uh, I believe Margaret Herney did a good job at the start of this year. I like the free agent picks. I like a good bit of the draft picks. Um, but, yeah, it's time to rip off the Band-Aid completely. Uh, I have no problem moving on to a different GM, different coach, brand new everything. If we're going to redo it, redo it right. Hey, I, I do want to ask real quick, though, uh, just, just talking about Will Greer, at what point with maybe like uh, the where we know our season's going and like say uh, Kyle Allen goes out there the next game and he throws four interceptions against the Redskins, at what point do we say, okay, the season's over, let's give Will Greer a chance? <laughs> I thought that was last week or the week before with Atlanta. But I yeah, didn't, watch, we didn't all... watch that game. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. He had four picks, and two of them oh, were in the red zone. Oh, okay, yeah. Did, didn't watch that game, so okay. So I think that was the game, but then Ron Rivera has come out and said, Kyle, he said, we're developing one young quarterback already. No need to develop two. He literally yeah, said so that. Why draft him then? Yeah. So why draft him? It's bullshit. I know. It's I mean, I, I can't say, you know, I like this draft so much other than that pick. And I kept saying, too, is that – um Will Greer could have been a fourth or a fifth round pick. And then you get these people come back. And then I've heard people say that is like, nah, according to Marty Herney, they had them, teams had them graded as a number one for first round pick. And let me tell you this is that that's just GMs blowing smoke up your ass. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, of course, you want to, I would probably say we have every player graded as a number one just to, that's not even true. That's not true. Will Greer is not a number one pick quarter, like a first round pick quarterback. He's not a third round pick. And if he, I'm worried about his age, dude. He's 25. You know, it's I mean, not so bad. I mean, at, at the rate they're going right now, he has another 20 years almost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He won't play, though, until he's getting Social Security. Maybe. All right. Next call. Well, I actually, no, I want to say this. Does anybody else want to comment on the real Greer thing? I mean, he should have oh. been on. It should have been on the field. Okay. Why, why are you not gonna? Why are you not gonna gonna play Will Greer? At, you know, after the but Kyle Allen did have a great game though in this last game, and I want I got the stats up. Is my man threw no picks this week, and he had two hundred. He was twenty three for thirty six, two hundred fifty six yards, three touchdowns, and we saw that offensive line was freaking atrocious, dude. I just so, don't like the argument of well, if you play him too soon. You're going to ruin their development. Yeah, well, a bunch of quarterbacks had really bad first years. Peyton Manning had a really bad first year in the yeah. NFL. Mm-hmm. Like, for, first year isn't an indicator of what a quarterback is capable of being. I really like Dwayne Haskins. Now, it's unfortunate for him. He's in Washington. but you know, you, And you don't he looks like a dumbass, dude. Wait, Washington's not good? No. <laughs> yeah, it turns <laughs> out. They're not good, but Dwayne Haskins is a has the potential to be a really good quarterback. Yeah, potential. People giving Probably up won't. on him already. They're already saying Redskins are moving on. Yeah, well, well, I don't that, think that I don't think the owner wanted to draft him. Well, the, no, that was the thing. The owner wanted to draft him, but apparently a bunch of the coaches didn't. The coaches didn't. Yeah, so the own, dude, Dan Snyder is such a yeah. That's the worst run organization in the history of the world, probably. It's got to be up there. Yeah, it's top five. All right, uh, the Bengals being another one. Oh, wait, hold on. Nope. What's up, C three fan? Chef Jeff here. 
cousin. in about 7.30 on Tuesday. Can't wait for tonight's show. Uh, a few things I wanted to bring up, which it's a late call, so I'm assuming y'all probably already have talked about them in the podcast. But uh, I'm still ready to get rid of Ron. I'm still ready to get rid of Norv. Um, he did call a pretty decent game up until we got to the red zone. Um, I do understand not wanting Kyle Allen to – throw the ball too much because of his, you know, previous red zone problems. But, I mean, he had the hot hand Sunday. And running Christian McCaffrey up the gut like that after just watching it not work all season long on the goal line just just shows me that they they have no – the game has passed north by. And Ron, you know, I'm glad to see the guys fight for him. Um I'm kind of – I still would like to see him gone only because I know we can't keep around as a defensive coordinator. And, I mean, you know, he is getting better. Do, he does have flaws, tons of them. But the, the guys do play for him, and he has yet to lose that locker room. Uh, you know, he – I'm scared – that we will not be able to find a better coach. Because let's be honest, he is a top ten. Oh coach. God, you're about to make your cousin so mad. Going out there and finding one better <laughs> as a head coach is going to be pretty slim. I'm willing to take that risk, but I'm starting to feel more and more like Dave Tepper might just run this back next year. You know, I would like to see him uh, run it back, get rid of Norv, and bring in a young offensive coordinator, and. Maybe let Ron run it back one more time. Maybe but our not. offense has I, been know, pretty good this year, though. kind of torn on that a little bit. No, we're like 26. Um, I, I, I wish he would have been fired last year just because of the way Cam Newton was treated at the end of the year. You know, leaving him out there on the field for those last games, it, it very well could have taken two, two or three years off of his career, off the longevity of his career. Let's be honest. That was a fireable offense. And the two games at the beginning of the year. I don't care what he says. He knew the foot was injured. Cam Newton just tried to throw him a bone in his little video saying, oh, I hit it from him. No, he didn't. They knew. He said that he was good, which any player is going to say. And Ron just went out there with him, you know, thinking, oh, this has got to be our best chance to win. And I just, I don't know. Uh, Marty, Marty Herney's offseason. He got cut off. Here it goes. Chef Jeff again. Got cut off. But, uh, yes, uh, Marty Herney's offseason is starting to not look very good. Um, he's still, I mean, just showing, we just, we just waived Rashawn Golden, another third round pick. So, I mean, these, yes, he's great at first round. And even some second round picks, but Marty just cannot evaluate talent in the later rounds. I mean, it's it's becoming a the same. I think that's partially over on over Ron over too. Tackling, play calling, and just uh, lack of lack of time management. Even though we hired a time management coach, which is awfully <laughs> weird to me. That is crazy. <sighs> The, the loss this weekend was such a heartbreaker. I, I had a, I just knew they were going to go down there and win. So I mentioned it last week in my call. And they just, 
you know, we can blame it on Joey Sly. Yes, because he missed the kick fault. and left five points on the, on the field, but Drew Brees would have went down there and scored a touchdown and won the game. Let's, let's not kid That's, ourselves. Mm. Ron Rivera's mm. defense is shit. You needed okay. to score a touchdown. Why didn't they score a touchdown? I get Reed was terrible in coverage, great against the run, terrible in coverage, but he is playing hurt, and he was playing hurt before he got hurt in the third quarter. Um, that's no excuse, but my problem is, why is his backup still Colin Jones? Why? Can we not find anybody else he to play that Ron's position? Balls, dude. And like I said, we released Rashawn Galden. I'm sure if Ron is back next year, he will be back at some point in time. They'll sign him to the practice squad and bring him back on the team at some point because that's what Ron loves to do. But (laughs) if he did that. Anyway. Who, Galden? uh, Yeah. Be listening tonight. They're on bad terms right now. have any questions. It was more about statements. But um, uh, keep pounding, guys. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff. Um, so let's do this. Is let me ask you this. Um, okay, go ahead, CK. Uh, you may have already been getting ready to touch on this, but uh, you know the, the question about whether Juan Rivera—I mean, the players still like Ron Rivera. I get an uneasy feeling. I don't see the locker room on his side anymore. Like, I mean, like you brought up the Brian Burns thing. We see Rashawn Golden situation. I think they were just trying to cut a cancer out. A lot of people are wondering why he didn't play. I think from day one, he, I mean, or at least from the end of last year, beginning of this year, he has shown distaste for the organization. He hasn't wanted to be here. And then when he got cut, guess what? He said, God works in mysterious ways. Thank you or amen. What, Golden said that? Yeah. He also supposedly just came out that he walked off of a practice upset one day. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's, you know, a lot of people have said that, He's been, you know, less enthusiastic about being with this organization. Um, And when I read that tweet, the way that I read it was not, you know, oh, things will work out. This will, you know, just, you know, be cannon fodder for later on in my life or something like that. Uh, Instead, I read it like, you know, it's about freaking time I'm not tied down to this organization anymore. He wasn't that good, though. Yeah, no, We wanted him to be good. We wanted him to. Uh, Okay, keep going. Well, I was just saying, but my biggest thing is I just don't know that we can say that he hasn't lost the locker room because we, I personally, when I look, when I listen to the interviews, when I listen to everything else, I, I mean, obviously when we're winning, it's a different story, but when we're losing, it doesn't feel like these guys are fighting for one another. It just doesn't feel that way. Right. You know, it certain frustration amazing. in that locker room. You can hear it in Greg yeah. Olson's comments. You, you've, yeah, you know, Greg Olson's a big part of it. Greg Olson's like when I re- listened to his, even when we were losing before, I don't think I've ever seen Greg Olson feel as down about uh, a, an organization or this this organization in particular as I have this year. And it's odd because you're usually looking to him to be the one to bring the spirited uplifting, saying, "Listen, this is not the end. We'll be able to get back to it." But now it just feels like he's just repeating the same stuff he's just you know rinse and repeat gerald so mccoy also frustrated a, a real quick shout out to darius jones uh who was in our chat room earlier and he did mention this too that um and i didn't know this uh brian burns's brother has been very active on twitter talking about how, how much of a travesty it is that brian burns isn't playing more snaps he's mm-hmm. been very vocal about it but i kind of think this was sean Golden thing it kind of goes back to, you know, I, I really do think that there is a culture in Carolina where the 
there are players that just don't get their just due play time. I mean, if he was a third round pick, why would you draft him to never ever play him? It, it just it doesn't. And then when you do play him, he gets burned. I don't know. It just it has not been a good look. I do think it's indicative of a larger problem that players are frustrated. Why aren't you giving us snaps? Uh, I mean, it's like Ron Rivera doesn't know what to do with the talent on this football team. And it's an issue. It's a big issue. It's been an issue. And it's not getting better with time. So uh, I don't know. I certainly wish him the best. Uh, I don't think he's a tremendous talent. But if Rashawn goes and balls out somewhere else, you know why. In defense of Ron Rivera – Right, is that this team has had Kyle Allen, and like you guys pointed out, has been one play away from winning a lot of games this year. Now, I don't want to just say, you know, close is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, So I I, I don't want to give that too much credence. But to me, I'm going to ask you all this, is that imagine out of who is the person out of the three that has disappointed you the most this season. Like you would, you are this. You are most upset. Ron Rivera, North Turner, Marty Herney. Ron, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. And you think? Here's my part to that, though. And I, you know, forgive me. I keep on kind of hogging the spotlight, guys. But um, my my focus on this is the reason we've been in the games. Tell me what that reason is. Because our offense, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, yeah, it's not a great offense, uh, but it's still, a, you know, that's the reason a lot of times. Our defense has not been the reason we've been in these games. If anything, we've been in these games in spite of our defense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What is I Ron agree. Rivera doing right now? He's playing the, de- he's calling the defensive plays. He's the, he's the one running the defense, essentially. Eric Washington's there to, you know, offer during practice and everything, but he's basically at Ron's becking call. And the North defense Turner is not sharp. Offense. They're not yeah. sharp. Not at all. And, and Norv has, di- you know, dialed down the offense so that Kyle Allen doesn't have to read through three different reads before he throws the ball to allow him to get the ball out quicker to make sure that the offensive line isn't, you know, uh, victimized as it often is. So I think out of all three, I think there's clear evidence to show Ron Rivera isn't the reason we've been within plays of winning. He's we've been within plays of winning in spite of Ron Rivera. I agree. I agree. I'm, well, I'm to the point. This is that this defense just simply should look better under Ron Rivera. Uh, like right now, I wouldn't even hire him as a defensive coordinator. No, eh, I don't know. I, I have no let's let's be honest as as a as a defensive guy he's old school. He has he has not had an answer for these high powered offenses yet. That's true. Yeah, just and like uh, like Cody has always said, he's just gotten his ass handed to him by the Shanahan kid all every time. Uh, yeah. Um well, all right, you got something but, Greg? Yeah, real quick, two things I want to touch on with this call. Uh the part about uh Cam Newton taking the the fall for Ron Vera and telling him that he you know, just said, or he said that he was okay. Just that's all speculation. We we don't know any of that, and and, and I, I get where it's coming from because it's probably from frustration. But we have no evidence. I mean, and do you guys have any evidence of that? The cam was lying, say, saying that he was okay, or I mean, excuse me, he said that he lied, so that way it would it would help Ron Rivera. Do you, do you have any evidence that that's like not true that he's just helping Ron Rivera out? Because I think that's just speculation. We've got to believe what they say. We have no evidence to. Back yeah, I mean, up. I think I think it was Cam was pretty clear that he uh, 
was the one hiding this injury. Right. And there's or no the way Ron could know how he felt. Okay. And two, I want to touch on Joey Slight is the reason we lost this game. If you think otherwise, I'll talk with you about it. You can't leave five points on the board and lose by three. And you can say, well, Drew Brees yeah. would have gone in and scored a touchdown. Well, guess what? They didn't go down and score a touchdown. So, so you can't say they would have. And I would feel a whole lot better being up five, having to make them score a touchdown, than being tied and losing the game to a field goal. J- just saying. So yeah. Joey Slide did lose that game for us. I hate to put it on one guy, but sorry, man. <laughs> he, he lost the game. All right. He did. He absolutely did. Yeah. All right. Next round. So did the defense. Hey, hey, hey. You know who it is. G fellas. It's G Baby. Over here in a blizzard. But it's all good. I'm knee deep. But it's all in a blizzard. Good. It's another fucking day. I wanna talk about I got like three segments here. This is gonna be I'm I'm calling at least three motherfucking times. I'm high as hell and I got a lot of fucking mind. I wanna talk about our inability to develop young talent because it's a big one fellas it's a big one we just released <clears throat> golden all right now when i say us taking does matter it does but i'm gonna that's, i'm gonna get into that in a second i'm gonna t- i'm gonna tell you guys who our draft picks were okay from uh here let's see what i got here i got everything oh hold on i'm gonna put that shit on pause let's talk about brian burns okay despite playing only 45% of the team's defensive snaps and playing in eight games. Brian Burns has totaled five and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, 12 QB hits, and four tackles for loss. I want you guys to let that fucking speak end. This is less than a half. He's playing less than a half of the defensive snaps, and he's got five and a half sacks, Two forced fumbles, 12 QB hits, and four tackles for loss. The dude's a fucking stud. He literally pressures the QB every single time he's in the game. Why isn't this motherfucker playing? BRB, fellas. This is your first round draft pick and he doesn't play? You're trying to tell me your first round draft pick. We play underneath 50% of the fucking snaps out. That's blasphemy. It's so bad, Brian Bird's brother, okay, is on Twitter, right? Brian Bird's on, brother on Twitter says Brian Burns deserves more fucking playing time, period. He plays, he, he, he plays more, we, what did he say? He plays more, we win. Don't at me, alright? That's what he says, he plays more when we win. Or, yeah, yeah, whatever. You got Brian Bird's brother on Twitter calling the fucking Panthers out. This shit's bullshit, yo. Brian Bird should be in every single fucking play. It's crazy. And this is, this is look, this is a fan of the Carolina Panthers, okay? Check K1 Short, right? This is what he says to K1 Short. He says, can you at least tell Ron to play Burns instead of F.A. and Christian Miller? Burns is one of our best defensive pass rushers. He ain't even playing. And, and, and guess what KK said? He, he said, I called up there, and they put him in. Good call, Biden. All right, uh, let's keep going with his call. All right, let's see, baby. As I was saying, even KK Short has a problem with Brian Burns not even being on the field. This fucking blasphemy, man. Like, it just blows my mind on how 
we've got your own personnel, man. Like, what? Go in the next call. I can't hear him anymore. Sorry, back to what I was saying. Back to the fucking draft pick. Okay, you got Christian Miller. You got George Scarlett, which you don't even play. But you'll go out and you'll go sign a Mike Davis. Like what the fuck? Then you got Dennis Daly, and then you got Terry Godwin. As I was saying, Terry Godwin was a five-star recruit out of fucking high school and went to Georgia. He was nice. And do you also know that that was one of Cam's really good friends, okay? That was one of Cam's good friends. And you guys let him go. For what? For what? He had a rapport with Cam. And he was actually a good returner. And we don't have a fucking returner. Makes no sense, right? Yeah, I fucking know. But this is what I do want to talk about. That bad boy, Cam Newton. Supporting all them motherfucking kids. And guess who was there? And it shocked the hell out of me. David Pepper was there. And he was laughing with Cam. Having a good time with Cam. And you don't, bro, Cam said Pete needed that. All of them kids supporting Cam Newton. Wearing their jerseys. Asking him to sign that shit in front of David Pepper. You don't think that meant a lot? You don't think Pepper's seen that shit? All of them kids. All them kids that are in the stands that used to get game balls after every single time they scored, they don't get that shit no more. Like, you fellas, I'm a true Carolina Panthers fan, yo. This shit means a lot to me, yo. This shit, I'm 15 years deep in this shit. When they lose, my week depends on that shit. Like, my girl hates football because she knows if we lose, don't fuck with me. Oh. Like, this shit means everything to me, man. Like, Cam means everything to this team. God, these dumbass motherfuckers, man. Release Golden. So, I need to know what you guys think. Let me know. You know, I'll be fucking listening. I, I, I've been ranting. I'm high. I don't give a fuck. I live that colorful life. 
<laughs> I think uh, the point that I think that is worth the the prop. Podcast, baby. Thank you. Hey, man. represent G yeah. baby with that passion. Yeah, it's wonderful. Great calls, and I think he probably has another one still in the hole. But um, if anything, uh, I don't want to. We've talked a lot about what was in those calls already. But uh, for me, I do think there's a real argument that one of Rivera's greatest weaknesses historically has been developing players. And uh, he and I used to always say this several years ago, and we haven't had to talk about it as much lately. But he does better at coaching veterans. You know, he's better. You know, those defenses, remember when we had, who were the guys that we brought in, those retreads? We had Mike Mitchell. We had this, uh, some, uh, there was Droughton, something, something, God, what was his name? But these guys that, what I feel like is Ron might not be the best with teaching young people. No, he really isn't. Um, it's, it, it's a problem, man. Listen, G-Baby. CZ, Giacobacia, Nova Black, they're all saying the same thing, man. There is a problem with Ron Rivera not playing young players, not putting your young, talented guys on the football field, and it's detrimental to their entire career. And what we've done and the special teams return game is just a damn travesty. We have not been able to figure this out. Again, we have these things that we just can't figure out. We can't figure out the offensive line. We can't figure out the punt. It's it's just perpetual problems in those areas. Here's his third call. Hey, it's me again. <laughs> I want to talk about this team a little bit more because I got a lot on my fucking mind. Um, where do I begin? I want to begin with this this defense. You guys, it's just it's the the three four. I'm telling you, that shit. And I I had a feeling like. When we were switching over to the from a four three to the three four, it, it didn't make sense to me because you got players that I've been playing in the four three defense since day one, and if we don't have big enough, I'm telling you, we're able to run the ball because we don't have big enough players to set the edge and play the three four. It makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. And I'm gonna tell you right now, and this it pissed me off. Losing Thomas Davis was the biggest mistake the Carolina Panthers have ever made. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. That was the heart and soul of our goddamn defense, yo. When I watched Thomas Davis play for the Chargers, this dude knocking bitches out, yo, still. <laughs> and the run defense coming up and smacking motherfuckers. We're missing that shit. We're too fucking finesse, fellas. What's up? Yeah, I said it. We're stopping, stopping, keep your paper, man. We're fucking stopped. We're stopped. And that's why our run defense and our defense is playing like straight trash. We talked about the game now. I mean, damn, we almost pulled that off. Yeah, I bet you guys wish we had Ganelle now. See, this is this season's been a watch since the get-go. Who did we lose? The very first player we lost was Graham Ganelle. Do you know how big that was? No. You don't think Graham could have made those extra points? Like, come on. He made a 63 yarders. Like, that was big. And then we lose Cam? Like, how can you have any... God, man. This season, man. 
But then I watched Lamar. My God! Oh my God! Does that not remind you of 2015 Cam Newton? Like, you don't think Cam Newton's watching this shit? Like, I'm telling you right now, this is why we, why I said we haven't seen the best of Cam Newton because this dude is hungry, fellas. I'm telling you, he's well-rested. He's going to be well-rested. He's going to put in that work. That's one thing about Cam Newton. He puts in that fucking work. And that's why I'm saying it would be the biggest mistake Carolina's ever made letting him go. We cannot let go of Cam Newton. But I'm done ratting. I love this podcast, fellas. Hey. We love you, brother. We love you. Next call. Hey, C3 Sam. Josh from Mass. Hope everyone's having a great night, a great week. Uh, What's up, Josh? Celebrate it. Happy motherfucking Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, another disappointing loss on Sunday. Uh, a, a loss that it sucked because it came right down to the end and we kind of got you know that little tease. Of, oh my God, we might do it. Um, which which kind of would have been the last strand keeping us in, but um, you know. And then on top of that. Uh, Dontari Poe's done for the rest of the year. Um, you know, Joey Sly missing two extra points in a field goal in a game we ended up losing by a field goal. Uh, and then, the, of course, the last play of the Kings drive right before the field goal where uh, the pass play to uh, Michael Thomas that got them in range. It was Michael Thomas that got them in field goal range. Was against none other than James Bradbury. Um, kind of weird because that usually isn't allowed by him, or at least you know not without him. I mean, he was way off, um, which I mean, from what I've seen, is kind of rare. Um, and I, I guess my only real concern is that this is going to kind of quiet down some of the, the anti-Ron crowd, um, but really. The fact that this season is so up and down, the fact that some weeks we seem to compete with some of the best of the best, and then there's weeks where we just get doors blown off us, and then there's weeks where Green Bay needs the rest to squeak by, and then weeks later looks like ass on national television, because that's what they looked like the other night. Total freaking ass. Um, it's pretty clear to me that the Niners and the Seahawks are driver's seat teams in the NFC, and everybody else is just kind of wishing, hoping, praying, um, there's nothing that would better their chances against those two teams in the playoffs because let's face it, one of those is going to be a wild card team. Um, this very real chance that we're looking at a 12 or 13 win team being a wild card team this year. Um, let that sink in. Um, too bad we're not yeah, AFC. Yeah, I mean, it's just more inconsistency and. Like I said, at times it looked good, and then there were times things just didn't look good in that game. So it's not to mention our the reason we were competitive. Hey guys, Josh again, and uh, but, but yeah, we were really, really helped out by the Saints' offense. I believe it was their offense just piling penalties onto themselves. By halftime, yep. it was around or no, it was after halftime. It was towards the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. The Saints had racked up like 115 yards in penalties against themselves. Um, and you, you really, 
break it down in the grand scheme of things, and that's a touchdown drive, basically, in and of itself. That's a big reason we were left in it, and yeah, I, I guess there's some people who are happy that we kind of went toe-to-toe, head-to-head with a team that's a contender, but I'm not. I, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with that. I'm not happy with settling. I'm not happy with a five and six team. I'm not happy with a with a coaching staff that has just looked bad since the critical staff members that were below our coordinators and the coordinators themselves are gone. Look, let's face it, since Josh McDermott's been gone, the defense hasn't looked right. Um and and Shula and Turner, I mean, we've, like, we've got guys who are doing things the old school way with a very modern looking roster. It, yeah. it shouldn't be a wonder why there's inconsistency here because the old way of doing things isn't working anymore. It's just not. You know, there's all these people who go, well, who do you want to, who do you want to pick up if, if we let Ron go? Well, a quick list of names. Sue Staley, uh, Eric Bynamy, uh, Lincoln Riley's one, Kevin Stefanaski. There's, there's plenty of guys out there who are on the cusp of, of leaving their offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator job. Uh, Chris Richards. There's, there's plenty of guys. Oh, well, who, who, who? And it's like they forget that, like, you don't really go and just pick up a head, a guy who's been a head coach for a long time in the NFL. They tend to stay where they are unless they're not good and then they get fired. Um, so you have to pick from their staff and their staff trees. That's the way that goes. Um, but it's time for a change and I think it's, it's, I think Tepper's going to make that change. And I think Cam is going to be, he's going to, I think he's going to be a Panther unless things go bad next year or going into next year. Have a great night, guys. Love the show as always. Keep pounding, Sam. Keep pounding, man. Uh, tell me what. Uh, yeah, that that is. Um, All right. So what I what thought what I stuck at I said this a little bit earlier in the show is that I think that a lot of this also was the Saints being bad. Yes, um, and that's that's my point too. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I do want to, if anything, just change gears. And that's speaking of the penalties, um, what about Cameron Jordan? Is there anybody that you dislike more in the NFL right now? That I, asshole I, was not trying to punch the ball out. No. Well, he, it was he a def- forearm, dude. Well, look, even if you look, he went when he saw that he wasn't going to get the ball, he threw his shoulder forward to hit his head. Like, yeah. It was a clear shot at, the, at, at Kyle Allen. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that. You know, uh, he's a dirty player, but at the end of the day, I mean, I kind of like him as a person, but I hate him for the fact that he just owns the Panthers for whatever reason. Yeah, and they um, talk shit doing it too. And yeah, that that like the wine bottle to Cam Newton pisses me off more than anything. The broom, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, well, the broom, I I blame that on Ted Ginn and uh, and Sean Payton more than anybody, right? But, uh, uh, you know, but nonetheless, man, I. This whole Cameron Jordan thing is uh, – anybody who's arguing for the fact that he didn't 
Oh, he was punching for the ball. There was no ball even close. No, to the yeah, and don't worry. I got to hear that whistle, my ass. Even if there wasn't a whistle, it still was a shitty. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't with oh, good it was intent. Still a, he still immediately contacted the head first, didn't he? Yeah, he it was. If there, if you're punching the ball, you use your fist. You know, he didn't punch. He used his forearm and shoulder. Now, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I guess I'm getting bitchy about small things right there. It's not the worst thing in the world. But uh, I do agree with Richard's Outdoor World. And something I've also been saying for a long time is we have been on downward trend since Super Bowl loss. And I think that is really with Ron Rivera. Now, we could see this is that we did get one more year with McDermott after that. Defense was still good in 2016. But I agree that there was a distinct change in the way that Ron Rivera talks to people the way he talks to the media after the Super Bowl appearance to where he says this is we're coaching and they're not learning. And he says things like that all the time. Well, they ask, like, what do these guys got to do? What do Cal- he's got to learn? These are guys doing what they've le- forgot what they've learned. And, you know, it's just all this is. And that goes back to another call. Uh, G baby saying difficulty uh, developing young talent is that Ron Rivera, I think is, is a, is a veteran coach. Thanks, Michael Jones, for the donation to the show. Uh, Tepper plans to build a wine and cigar bar inside the new headquarters in South Carolina. Do you think that Cam and Tep are low-key working together behind the scenes? And this is also Jeff Hodges' theory that Cam and Tepper have a deal arranged, and it's just time uh, to get rid of Ron Rivera and bring that in. Yeah. Um, would be, you know what is even if they don't have a deal in place, uh, Ron Rivera doesn't look to like to be in a good place. Uh, now you go back to that, uh, that game too. We had a lot of penalties. Uh, oh, I wanted to get to Ken. Ken D said this and I'll let you guys, cause I haven't looked at the play as closely needs to be. Does C the C3 staff have any, any input on the PI call in our favor? down at the three-yard line when the defender hit Curtis Samuel across the middle with an arm to the chest. I thought it was on Jarris Wright from the It was. It was right. Okay. You guys have any thoughts on that? It's like one of the few I mean, that's worked. I mean, to my knowledge, it's, I mean, unless you, either of you know different, uh, does, has, has there been any other pass interference that has actually gone against the uh, call on the field? Yes. Do you remember which one it was? I mean, that, I that's there's, there's been seven this year. I was reading a stat about it. Seven calls have been overturned from what they were yeah, on the field. Yeah, but that's a very low percentage to the amount of challenges that have actually been taken. You know, on it that, just so. seems like every time I see them, it's yeah. It always seems like they don't. Yeah, have man, they never get overturned. And we I was got bailed that they did overturn it. Yeah, we got bailed out by the refs too, guys. That uh, pass interference call that they offensive pi on yeah, the, to get uh, that uh, fell down. Cook. Yeah, is that dude? There was nothing there. There was not. Oh, yeah, it was you know that was a bad whistle right there. So all right, we got that's, a couple. Go ahead. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, the, the point to the 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 fouls. A lot of people are going to point to this game being closed. Oh man, we were playing against a contender. In my opinion, New Orleans isn't a contender for the uh, for the Super Bowl. They they're a good team that's going to make the playoffs, but if you look at them, they are very undisciplined. 
like in almost every facet, you can see that their offense is not nearly as explosive as it's used to being. To put it in perspective here, you would think that Michael Thomas would have it as many yards as he is. He's one of the most explosives. He's He's got a less per yard reception rate than DJ Moore. Do like you think DJ Moore had his... Do you where do you think the Saints are in the play in the Super Bowl? If you're going to rank the favorites right now, I've got my they, I've got three teams ahead of them. I think they're one and done, and I don't think they. Well, I should say that they probably get. They're in the divisional, obviously. I don't think they get past the divisional. I think whoever they play in the divisional is going to the uh, to the. Uh, the NFC championship. There might be five, four teams against them. I'd say number one right now has to be the Baltimore Ravens in my mind. Number two is probably the Patriots just because they never lose, even though their offense is not anything what it used to be. Their defense is pretty good. They always find ways to win. Number three for me has to be San Fran- maybe San Francisco. Actually, you know what? I think I'd put Seattle ahead of them. I think San, I mean, San Francisco? Yeah. I mean, they beat. Them. I think I think San Francisco is the best team in the NFL. I think beyond. I think they're the number two. I think Baltimore is definitely better. Well, I can't, see. This is my this is my thing though. I I don't know. I I don't know, man. It's it's right now. I feel like everyone's riding the Baltimore train, and they're a damn good team. And Lamar Jackson is shutting up a lot of doubters, myself included. Um. But I don't know, man. I think defense wins championships. They got a defense. And by the way, well, by the way, uh, coming up here in a week or two, the 49ers play the Ravens. So we're going to see that matchup. Um, yeah. But look, I would say this is the Ravens almost beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. And I thought that that was the statement game that would have made me a believer in them. But then they've come and pulled off some other games. I mean, they are not only beat these teams, but they beat Seattle yeah, beat- in Seattle, right? And the Patriots, you guys forget. They yeah, and the Patriots. Dismantle the Patriots. And they're blowing cats out now. And I think what's really hard, and this is, and to be fair, uh, well, actually, in defense of some of the things, we are so wanting these new spread offenses, these creative things. The teams that still run the ball in the NFL are teams that do well. San Francisco is a great rushing team. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore, what I saw last night from Baltimore is that, you couldn't get the other you couldn't get the ball back like it was i mean he was 6 for 6 on third downs they're rushing the ball like crazy they're eating up clock they're eating up clock and putting up points and that's crazy right as i mean right now yeah, the ravens are do. a scary team to me i think this is that let's just say this is that if you want to say that san francisco is ahead of them it's because you believe their defense is better than baltimore's offense but I tell you one thing is I know Baltimore's offense is better than San Francisco's. Oh yeah, without a doubt, uh, Lamar Jackson's the uh, yeah. He's the, it he's looks the, like yeah, 2015 Panthers. It just looks like the 2015 it Panthers. It's the same plays, and you know what? Cam Newton threw the ball well that year. I know that they're running, but Lamar—that's what he did. He ran it all the mm-hmm. way down to the eight, and then he's throwing touchdowns. I think he's got the highest completion rate in the NFL right now. It's insane. All right, next call. What's going on, C3? It's Darius from Rolling. Um, I just want to say, I think this season is a blessing in disguise. I you kind know, of agree with this. You look at a lot of the top teams in the league right now, and you go back and look at their their records in the past, previous, you know, three years, they haven't really been on the plus side. So hopefully this season is a blessing in disguise. We get Cam 
fully 100% because let's be real, we were still going into the season questioning his shoulder and stuff like that. And the line is still banged up. I think this off season we beef up the things that we're really missing because even though Kyle's struggling a lot, nobody has time behind that line. You know, we can get Brady back there. We can get Rodgers back there. We can get Pat Mahomes back there, even Lamar Jackson. If you don't have time to throw the ball, you can't do anything. You can't operate anything on offense. And we just need to beef up the O-line. I think, honestly, we should just go back to 4-3 for the time being, especially with the pieces that we have on the D-line. So hopefully things just come around next year. Let's just end bull ball for now. You know, don't stress ourselves out on Sundays. And just truly be fans because before you know it, football is going to be over and then off season is going to ramp up. So hopefully we draft right and, you know, we make the necessary coaching moves. I still think we should get Greg Roman. You know, he spent, I think, seven years here in Carolina. Yep. And I think he can bring some of that Ravens offense here. But let's just keep pounding, guys. I love I love this call. I love this call because I secret I felt bad that I didn't feel upset that we lost this game. And I just keep thinking this is that like what CK is saying about New Orleans. If you think New Orleans really isn't can't really go deep, they're a good but not great team, you know that we're one and done. Yeah. And right now is that is that if somehow the Panthers do go 10 and 6 like uh Greg has reminded us is a chance. That means Ron Rivera's coming back. Well, I mean, it's not guaranteed, but here, the more he wins, the safer he is. But he keeps having this. It just looks like a mess right now. I think it's clear. Like, even now, I can't defend him anymore. You know, I mean, it's really coming down to that. And uh, the other thing I want to talk about with his call is beefing up the offensive line. Would you really be upset if next year's draft we picked, um, a, like, for instance, like a center in the first um, a safety in the second, and then a lot, and and hey, and two more linemen in the third and the fourth offensive linemen. I do think we got to rebuild at retool at defensive tackle right now. So that's another thing. It's like this whole line, this whole draft probably should be a safety and um, all offensive and defensive linemen if you're getting Cam back. Yeah, if you're getting Cam back, it it's it affects how you draft, of course, you know. Um, I don't know, man. It's, listen, I don't even want to entertain the notion of doing this shit again for another another year, man. <laughs> dude, fuck Cody's that. Cody's going to quit the podcast. Fuck, dude, I will, I'll, I'll fight everybody. If we have to do the same bullshit again next year, I'm not here for it. It's time to move on. At that point, it, you're a glutton for your own punishment if you're still wanting to do the same shit. All right. It, it's... Yeah. Two more calls, and let's go. What's up, C3 Podcast? This is Carl D. How y'all guys doing tonight? What's up, Carl D., my man? First of all, um, listen to the cat calls. Well, since everybody seemed to be doing it, I'm going to do it too, Tony and Cody. I'm going to get ready to get pissed off. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> damn Ron Rivera. How the – you know what? Someone – Please explain to me how the hell club. How can you be a head coach as long as Rivera has been, and you still ain't learned clock management? 
I swear, man. Dude. I always thought defensive Woo. coaches would be better at clock management. Woo. You know what? Ron Rivera is going to make me change my religion. <laughs> Fool with him. His foolishness. That's all it is. Bunch of foolishness. Y'all hear me? And I do have a rant. To all the people who's talking shit about Joyce Sly now, shut the fuck Oh, I'm sorry <laughs> with you, my I, French, but you Graham are the Gunner. same people that talked all this shit about getting rid of Gano. Oh, and I will. I, I'm. I hate it. Gano was fucked up, and then when Sly comes, you on his. You know what? Yeah, let's. Yeah, Sly the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a bad day. Oh, let's get rid of this. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck that. <laughs> you need to take it or leave. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Tony, can you make a can you make up a sign? Can you make some t shirts that says Fire Run? <laughs> if you do, I damn sure be your first customer. <laughs> I know, Tony, I gotta give it to Cody. Tony, what the hell? Why do I still hear people talking about saying, you know, get rid of Cam and just let Kyle Allen be our, be our guy until we find another um, future quarterback? That makes no sense, man. You explain that to me, Cody. Explain that to me. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody else uh, pissed, I, I'm pissed. I'm tired I of need someone to explain it music. to me. I'm tired of being like being the I'm being like the Bucks. We're just as bad as the damn Bucks. We need this loser needs to stop, and Tampa needs to he needs to start doing something off season. Okay, that's my rant for the night. Top two Russian teams in the league: San Francisco, Baltimore, and San Francisco. Both are awesome. Next call. Wait, wait, hold on. I want, I want to say something real quick. It, isn't it ironic that at a time when you're seeing how devastating the the dual threat mobile quarterback is in the NFL, there's a contingent of Panther fans that want to move on from Cam Newton. Like when everyone else is getting more athletic at the position, everybody wants just a basic old pocket passing quarterback now. Like what the hell are we doing? Come on, I know it. It is so it's so stupid. All right, last call on that. I'm answering a um a comments made by one of your guests, Tony. Um, do with the glasses. Um, sorry, CK. man, I don't know your name. Um, you were saying something about you don't know your issues. Why would anybody take a gamble on a man who wasn't that good at the end? He's talking um, about Colin dude, Go back and um check your stats. Kaepernick, when he played under Jim Kelly, Chip Kelly, excuse me, that last season, um, he had a winning record. If you look at his quarterback, his percentage, um, throwing, I mean, completion percentage and all that stuff, Kaepernick played, he played good. And also the fact that you also need to look up that he was also awarded by the team, the team, the four, whole 49ers team. As a team captain. So, I mean, I understand you 
don't think, but the facts are the facts. You read your facts before you um, try to um, check out your facts, before you try to make a, a nice statement. Because, yeah, Cap was not there. He wasn't bad. He just, I mean, like, like your boy said, he played on, it was just a horrible team. When you play on a horrible team, no matter how good you are, it's well, I do. I do want to ca- ca- remind too is that his he was coming off of an injury, so that you know he wasn't really uh, full strength. You know he did only play half that season. Remember, he didn't start as the starter that year. They went with like Blaine Gabbard or somebody like that for the first several 2016, games. They, 2016, they did start uh, Colin Kaepernick because we played them uh, in the first game. If I'm not mistaken, no. In, yeah, but, well, in 2016, was, was we played Colin Denver. Denver. We played Denver in Week One. Yeah, that's right. You're right. And no, I say like this: right all you assholes that want Graham Gano, don't forget Graham Gano lost us, missed a kick in the Super Bowl, and lost a game-winning kick against that Denver team that year. Cam Newton leads us down in a fourth-quarter drive after people are taking shots at his head, and Graham Gano missed it. I say, screw Graham Gano. And that's why I'm not going to be too hard on uh, Sly, because I hate Graham Gano. But I continue to also, to be consistent, I always wanted Butker. That's who I wanted. Yeah, me too. Can I just say about Colin Kaepernick real quick? Listen, I don't care any about this whole conversation, because to me it's like every every opinion on the matter has, has been spoken. But I just want people to admit that really it's not even about like wanting Colin Kaepernick. Like most of us agree Colin Kaepernick should be playing football somewhere. But it's like, do how many people really think that he is uh, the the future of our franchise? And like how many people are wanting Colin to come in and play and be successful just because they like the man, they like what he stands for, and they think that he still has a big arm and all this, like, that it, it goes the other way. For the same people that are not even entertaining the notion of having Colin Kaepernick on the team, there are also those people that they just want Colin on the team. So that way, if he comes in and balls out, it makes them feel good to say, oh, yeah, see, Colin Kaepernick should have been playing forever. So it's like everyone has an agenda with it at this point in time. If you're going to move on from Cam Newton then get a brand new quarterback in the draft instead of getting a, a guy who's two years older than than Cam Newton. So one hundred percent agree. Is that it? Really has nothing to do with the protest or anything. How good Colin Kaepernick is is we don't think he's good enough to be. How about this? Is he ain't better than Cam? No. Nope. Yeah. Never Very was. simple. Yeah. No, uh, and I didn't like him at first. I li- I'm okay with him after the protest thing. The reason I don't like Colin Kaepernick was because he did that button up shit when he was in the playoff game, and he came at Cam in that game when he scored on yeah. our defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, all right, let's go ahead and get out of here, guys. Uh, what what games are uh, this week? Who do we got in the NFC? We've got the Redskins. Washington. Yeah. So I think the Panthers win this game at home, um, and uh, another game that actually hurts our draft stock and probably gives uh, a little more confidence in Ron Rivera. But if we win this, if we lose this game, guys, you know damn for sure 
that that is the end for Ron Rivera. And I did want to come back to whoever said that Daryl Worley was playing good in Oakland. Didn't they just get smashed by the damn uh, Jets? Yeah. Yeah, but, but we gotta say that was all on him. Man, yeah, Jet, J- what's it? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all right. Uh, so I got the Panthers. I got the Panthers winning this somewhere. Not even that much. Maybe twenty thirteen. Boring game. Oh, we better put more than twenty, man. We we, we gotta put 30, 30 points on them. Um, I'll say I'll say thirty four twenty one. Carolina Panthers. All right. Who you got, Greg? I'm going to say Carolina, too, and I'm going to go I'm gonna go 34-24, very close to Cody's. All right. That sounds about right to me. CK? Uh, I'm going to go uh, 35 uh, for the Panthers, and then Redskins, I'm going to say our defense gives up 28 points. Damn. That's going to suck if we give up 28 points to the damn very Redskins. Very all right, Haskins breakout game. Uh, who's Atlanta got this week? Uh, so on Thanksgiving, we were treated to the Saints and Falcons. Mm, oh, yeah. did the Falcons beat the Saints already once this year? They, they sure they did, did. And, now, and now they're in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Not that that matters for much. Right. Yeah, but actually, yeah, they dude. play better on the road a lot of times, I feel like. Oh, uh, yeah, for At sure. At least then when they play us. Uh, I'm going to take the Saints here. I don't think that the uh, – um, the Falcons let me. I thought the Falcons were going to beat the damn Bucks, and they let me down. So I'm off the Falcon train again. I think the Saints win this somewhere thirty twenty seven. Mm, yeah, I'll I'll echo the same sentiment. I don't think it'll be um, as close. New Orleans will figure it out. I will say twenty four ten. New All Orleans. Right. What you got, Greg? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, just the history of what the Saints have been doing this year. The reason why I say they're not a good team is they have a couple games they put up 30, 40 points, and they come back and they put up 10, 12 points. So I'm going to say Saints 17, uh, uh, Falcons 14. Yeah, okay, gonna, so the Saints uh, still pull it out then. CK, what you got? Yeah, they still pull it out, but it's not a, not a, not a big game. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Uh, I'm gonna contradict something I said earlier, which I said the Saints aren't that good offensively. I think they put it together on this game, um, and I think this is a big win for the Saints. I think they're gonna win thirty-five to fourteen. Okay. All right, and uh, who the Bucks got? Tampa Bay plays the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, man, the Jacksonville Jaguars are a mess right now. I'm taking Tampa Bay here, um, and I don't care if they have five interceptions. Somehow Jameis Winston throws two picks and still puts up 35 points. I guess they're always just chunking the ball around. Uh, The Jags uh, are really a letdown team. I thought they were going to be better defensively this year. Up and and people are running on them. They're a mess right now. Nick Foles is uh, Nick Foles. Put in Gardner Minshew. Give me the bucks. And I say they score somewhere about us. This is like a 27-17 game. I'll say Tampa Bay 35-24. Greg? I'm going to say Tampa Bay, let's go 42-21. Oh, yeah, I think it's going to be a slaughter. Yeah. I think it's going to be uh, – I could see a 50-burger here. Dang. <laughs> Hey, you got to look at this. They have zero defensive backs to cover right. some of the best wide receivers in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say uh, 52 to 
to garbage time 35. Yeah. My mind's all in garbage time, man. All right, let's uh, go to the ice up picks. And um, can I go first? Please. I got mine, and I'm chopping at the bit, dude. <laughs> Do it. I'm icing up fucking Peter, you miserable losers. So, okay, uh, UGA played this weekend, University of Georgia, and they panned to a, a shot of their mascot, a bulldog, in a doghouse. He's like napping, but it's raining outside. And Peter puts out this tweet. All caps, he looks miserable. Then they say no dog deserves to be packed up, carried from state to state, and paraded in a stadium in front of screaming fans. Animals are not mascots. UGA Athletics must retire Uga, I guess is his name. Uga. Immediately. You should be at home with a loving family. One... Uh, that dog lives better than most people living in the state of Georgia. I promise you that. <laughs> Amen to that. That's the best treated dog in the world. Did someone tell PETA that LSU has a fucking tiger? <laughs> they have a literal fucking tiger on their campus, and this is the battle you choose to fight? Dude, PETA is a bunch of morons, and they prove it, t- prove it time after time after time. Shut up. You're not helping anymore. You're actually hurting your own cause at this point. To PETA, ice up, son. Greg, you got a ice up pick for us? I do, man. I do. Mine's going to be a little controversial for some people. I'll probably get a few people stop following me after this one, but I got to do it, man. Uh, I'm icing up Colin Kaepernick. Uh, you know, I'm a week late on this because I wasn't here last week, but I'll go ahead and say uh, he had an unprecedented workout from the NFL where 25 teams were volunteered to show up for him to watch him do training. And they were going to do real drills with, with, you know, real people playing against him, you know, real, real time stuff where he roll up, does rollouts and all kinds of stuff. And he declined to do this. Uh, and people can say that he wasn't given the time, ample time to prepare for this. Cause he was only given a week to prepare for it. And that, okay. That's a fair argument, but you can't post every week, every single week, multiple times on your social media, that you are ready and you've been practicing and you are working out and you're ready to go. Anytime a team wants to interview, you can. And then whenever you get the interview and get a week advance notice, you're not ready to do it. And then on top of that, not only did he not show up, but he went to a place that was an hour and a half away and didn't tell the teams that were showing up to watch him until an hour before the workout. Therefore they couldn't go see him work out. Colin Kaepernick does not want to play football he wants to be a martyr for what he is, okay? And, and that's fine. I'm totally with his so, social justice uh, argument and the debate he has. I'm totally for that. I, I get that, okay? Don't necessarily agree with all the ways he went about it, but I agree with the message he's sending. But he's not about that anymore. When was the last time you heard anybody talk about Colin Kaepernick and the cause he was fighting for? All you hear about now is Colin Kaepernick not being able to get a job, which is a bunch of bullshit too. Because if I get fired from my job, I can't say that I can't work because I can't be a mailman. There's plenty of other things you can do other than being a quarterback. Stop saying you're denied work and stop refusing work when you get an interview. That's all there is to it, man. So to Colin Kaepernick, I say ice up, man. Um, CK, you got anything? Ice up. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I got some stats to come with mine too, so I'll be stat daddy for the night. Nice. Um, so, if, and, and this is... <laughs> I know why it's the case that this is happening, but it's still ridiculous. So uh, 
the, the Pro Bowl voting results so far have come out. The you know who's the number one voted uh, in each category. Luke Kuechly is the number one inside linebacker voted in Pro Bowl right now, um, at, at least to date. Uh, well, we all know what Christian McCaffrey's doing this year, right? He's re- leading the league in rushing yards. He's leading the uh, league in scrimmage yards. Uh, he's leading the leagues in touchdowns. His uh, his average yards per carry are higher than the people with the equal or uh, equivalent amount of carries. Um, there's just so many stats that are going in the direction of Christian McCaffrey being the number one running back in the NFL. Well, I know Dalvin Cook's having a good year, but he's voted so far ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Uh, the part about this that frustrates me is Christian McCaffrey has 100 more rushing yards than Dalvin Cook, over 100 more receiving yards than Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has a total of 12 touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey has a total of, what is it, uh, 14, uh, 16, 16. Uh, touchdowns. Um, and, and if you look at everything combined, Christian McCaffrey is doing it uh, by himself. Like, you know, we're not really benefiting from a great offensive line. We're not benefiting from the quarterback being able to read the defense and saying, hey, listen, we need to switch up and have you run the left side instead of right side or anything along those lines. Those are a lot of things that, that you don't have with a very uh, inexperienced uh, quarterback. So the fact that Christian McCaffrey is not voted right now as the number one running back from a Pro Bowl voting perspective is ridiculous. Now I get it; it's the Panthers against Minnesota. Minnesota is a very uh, is a much larger market than the Panthers, but holy crap, this is ridiculous. Um, anyway, so that's a a small ice up. But anybody who voted for Dalvin Cook over top of uh, Christian McCaffrey, ice up, son. Ice up. Uh, my ice up pick goes to people who are finding it convenient to turn on Saquon Bark Barkley. And right now, there's this growing sentiment against the Twitter draft nerds and the Twitter advanced stats nerds and all of this that Saquon Barkley was a bust pick, was a not the best pick that the Giants could have made. And I just don't, I just feel like this how easily we turn on people. Um, Saquon Barkley in. Is had seven. I mean, he has had. What if we did that to Christian McCaffrey after year two? Yeah, you know, he's on a trash ass team, dude. A trash ass team. So the idea that it's convenient for you now to say like, oh well, this is how you could have used the running backs or they don't give you this big advantage, this and that. Just wait, just wait. Is that all of a sudden you'll be changing your damn tune when if if they get it together? Saquon is amazing, man. He is amazing. And, uh, yeah, is he struggled after the high ankle injury this year? Sure. I mean, but don't forget that the Giants have struggled. They're a fucking putrid-ass team. They're putrid. So, yeah. And their offensive line has been terrible. So, no, I, to you people who, who find it fun to find these moments to peck at people and, and think that you're so smart, I say ice up. Ice up. All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast. Cody, you said it was right. You said it. You said it was going to be a three-hour show. I said, no, it wasn't. And then the calls kept coming. The calls kept coming. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicle. We're live every Tuesday night. And we're going to be after the post game against the Redskins at Cody's house if he lets us in again. Cody, how can they follow you until then? Uh, at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Uh, follow me on Twitter tomorrow. 
There is a brand new mock draft on drafttech.com. Some new picks, new players, comments for the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. And everyone, please enjoy your Thanksgiving. Be thankful for a very great many things in your life. And you should be thankful all year round, not just one day uh, in November when you get to eat a bunch of food and uh, America kills like uh, every turkey that's ever lived. But uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Don't let this embarrassing Panthers team uh, steal all your joy and be safe. CK, how can they follow you? Uh, you can get at me on Twitter pretty much anywhere by using this. It's Codizzle Allen, C-O-D-I-Z-Z-L-E-A-L-L-E-N. Um, still trying to get my uh, followers up there, so uh, follow me. Follow him. Follow him. Codizzle follow Allen. this man. All right, and uh, let me see. I'm going to look at the count. You're at 108. Nice. 108 and climbing. Nice. He's climbing. Uh, Greg, how can they get after you? And you can find me on Twitter at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two. Uh, I also do another show. It's the Super Civil Servants Podcast. Drops every Monday. Records every Friday. We talk about movies and all kinds of different stuff. Star Wars kick right now. If you want to talk about Mandalorian or anything Star Wars coming up, Rise of Skywalker. Check us out, man. All right. Well, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Until then, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. <laughs>